4: The center of the galaxy. This is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm
1: Ken Napsack, and I'm Joseph Scrimshaw,
4: and we are here to talk about the new and the old and the Force Awakens as our road to the rise of Skywalker. Our own Force Center road. The journey has begun. <laughs> we're going to get to episode nine. We got some deep topics planned. The Raylo one last week. Joseph, one of one of my personal favorite shows we did, and uh, uh, we're here to dive even deeper into things. That'll get you ready for the movie.
1: That's right. We're going to talk about all the stuff that, uh, I think fans think about. I think creators mm-hmm. think about theme, plot, details, the fun aesthetic stuff and uh, the deep thematic stuff that, uh, that makes it cool, extra cool when the cool lightsabers come out. We,
4: yeah, yeah. The, you need the deep themes to get to the cool. <laughs> it's all here. And we got, of course, news. We're going to dive into that. <sighs> I mean, I think I was driving away, or or no, last week we recorded in my my studio, right? So I think you were driving away, sir. Yes.
1: When suddenly things
4: started to break related to Dan and David.
1: Yeah, we knew the Mandalorian trailer was going to come out. And I I went and picked up my wife from work. We got our food. We got some Chipotle just to let you into our lives. Nice. We sat down on the couch to watch something, and it's like I'll check my phone one more. Dan and Dave, God. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, just a pile of Star Wars news on Mondays, and this Monday is no different.
4: No different. And I'm sure by the time we drive away uh, today, something else will drop. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into all that, we do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com/slashforehunter over one. 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, and it works. It gets you a book, it helps a show, which is why a little bit later, we'll do our four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures, Joseph, there's a lot to there's, choose from. Uh,
1: yeah, it's just, there's too many. It's too many. Uh, I'll say this. I, I, I like Halloween a lot. Big fan of the holiday of Halloween, and uh, to celebrate during the day on Halloween, I played some Ewok Hunt on Battle battlefront 2 which i haven't played in a while they've yeah. fancied it up and it is it's truly terrifying it's good it's a good thing got the new map because it alternates right there's like the village Ooh, or the- maybe i don't know i haven't i haven't played it enough it was just yeah. like they've spruced a lot of things up in battlefront 2 but it was just a little bit more uh I think the Ewoks' powers might have been boosted. Okay, uh, their their sniffing ability might have been stronger since I last played it. <laughs>
4: stronger sniffing power. I I played it a little bit last week, and it is it's still such a fun. It's a fun little map. It, it, after a while, it might get repetitive or anything. There was one time though, because you know you have a, a what I call the prime Ewok, right? The first Ewok. Yeah. And that's a controlled. That's a player, and then that player has to take on the rest of us. And I think there's some. AI, he walks into, but I don't know the details. I went one game. No one died. This poor chump had to be an Ewok and take on 18, 19 other real humans. And did not get, get a kill. No one has was taken by the force, as we, it says, when yep. the Stormtroopers fell? Yeah, yeah. Go? And we all, which is haunting, uh, and we all just, like, walked onto the shuttle.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> I, I, I've done a comedy bit about this. I want somebody to write a full sociological essay about all <laughs> sorts of human dynamics can be determined by lots of video games, but yep. Battlefront 2 is the one I play, and I, I played as a stormtrooper one where everybody just did things well and yeah. worked together. Like all of the stormtroopers found one another and <laughs> nice. only a few of us had our lights on at a time, so we were harder to spot. Yeah. We kind of formed a circle and Ewok, any Ewok yeah. that came close to us, we shot down, <laughs> the shuttle landed, we all went to it. And I think like <laughs> next to no, maybe one stormtrooper died and it was like, it, the game would be this easy if everybody just always worked <laughs> together and you like <laughs> we supported each other, worked together, that's found right. our strengths
4: and our weaknesses and, and and put them all on one side. That's oh right. wow, that's
1: that's awesome. So yeah, I had a lot, a lot of fun uh, with Ewok uh, Ewok Hunt on Halloween. How about you? Did you have any specific Star Wars adventures in life?
4: I, I've been streaming again a little bit more on Twitch, so doing a lot of Battlefront, having a lot of fun on co-op. Um, even though after I, I was reminded it was AI and I, my accomplishments don't mean as much. Um, it's been just a lot of fun. And again, there's a, there's a lesson. And do you work with the three other humans with you? Yes. And, or do you just ignore them? And I, I alternate, (laughs) sometimes I alternate, but it does work. It works really well. It's a lot of fun and a lot of uh, forcing listeners in the uh, Twitch stream chat. And that's always always good. Someone suggested, uh, yesterday, the comment went kind of quick of, uh, Like you and Scrimshaw one-on-one in a game. And I was like, look, if it's heroes and villains, he's going to destroy
1: me. (laughs) He's going to destroy me. Obsessively spent a little bit too much time on the old heroes uh, versus villains. But you never know.
4: In co-op, you can get to the heroes better, right? Because, you yeah. know, so I've been playing them finally more. I did power up Chewie a little bit, powered up uh, Darth Maul. I was Obi-Wan last night. And oh, I was nice. Like, this is great. Isn't I'm going to go. Killed. <laughs> Not, didn't get one snippy comment off before you I was you got to play tactically, even as the Jedi. That's what's great about the, uh, the co-op. So that was uh, that was my Star Wars adventure. Life adventure. I had my 25th high school reunion. Ooh. Um it's always fun when when people you know you do the old catch up. And I've gone to my tenth and my twentieth, and I, I, they're great. They're a lot of fun. I, I I I I don't have a cynical attitude towards them. It's but it's wonderfully awkward. Oh yeah, like it's wonderfully really weird. Um, so you try to explain what you're doing, and you basically just have to say. I, basically my job is I talk about Star Wars <laughs> and to some people who maybe been following me on Facebook or something. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I listen or see, or yeah.
1: there's a lot
4: of blank stares.
1: Like, stuff. how is that a job though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some like uh, my, my mom in particular, sometimes yeah. when we have our checkup calls, uh, she, uh, she asked me what I'm doing and I'm like, you know, I have to explain <laughs> the 21st century yeah. to you <laughs> before you can understand Yeah, yeah. she she (laughs) doesn't know the difference between text and tweet like, you know, it's it's a whole thing. Well, when someone in
4: their early 40s asks you. So, like, how do I get podcasts? <laughs> I'm lo- you're lost. I can't. I, we're just going to have to move on from that part of the conversation. Yeah, uh, g- the,
1: yeah they're available uh, at the corner drugstore. <laughs> yes. yeah, you can buy a card. They're like credit cards. Oh, uh, nice. We should touch briefly, I think, on the Mando trailer because that dropped yes. last uh, Monday. And I don't yes. think we need to do, like, a full breakdown because it yeah. was a lot of... Reused footage. Reused, yeah. But was there anything about the over, any new shot or anything about the overall spirit of it that grabbed you?
4: Uh, nothing too, nothing too different other than I'm just really solidly excited about it. Yeah. I'm trying, I am trying to remember there was something, I like a little, I like that the Quarren shot back and that hadn't been revealed in the other clips. Yeah, that he tagged him in the uh, yeah. shoulder armor there. Yeah. I, I like something about that. I just find it fascinating, the The, the Werner Herzog VO. It's amazing. It's great. He's he's clearly, I don't
1: anticipate him being in the show much past the scene no i mean you and i were texting yeah. back and forth about that might be his only scene <laughs> you yeah. might get a werner herzog action figure eventually that has like sitting at oh, desk man. action that would be awesome you pull the string and he says best in the <laughs> la Parsec. <laughs>
4: <Poor> <laughs> but I, I i other than i am really excited and we're gonna talk a little bit m- m- more of the news that
1: dropped today Amanda that
4: uh, got me even more excited than than i would think but yeah you
1: yeah yeah i think uh I continue to like the tone. I really like his, his line, but bounty hunting is a complicated profession, which we've seen before, yeah. but it hints that, look, we're going to get all of this awesome action yeah. in Mando fighting stormtroopers, fighting Trandoshans, cutting corn in half with doors, endless cool visuals and fights, but th- that bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Yeah. And in particular, that line about your people have suffered. That's yeah. what makes me feel like um, the, that, that it's going to have meat on its bones Right. As well as being just surface level awesome Star Wars visuals. Did you Yeah, speaking of the visuals, so this is the the most
4: we've really seen of like super battle droids and that droid yeah. dropship and we always want to speculate responsibly but i i some of the theories of that's a flashback yeah. got me more excited than if it's like current day and it's just leftover mech and droids which is equally as exciting on paper yeah. but i have to i have to calm myself cuz i'm like i really
1: would like a flashback of seeing live action clone war stuff there's been so much great stuff in the in the books in the comics about having the reverberating impact of right. this galaxy wide Battle, like I mean, you can kind of make a joke of it, but I like the yeah. detail that there are no droids allowed in Wuher's bar because he was tormented by them. Right. They were the face of death for half the galaxy. Yeah, uh, and anything that leans into that idea and makes it a little bit kind of more rich and real—if it's a flashback or if it's these monsters from the past resurf- right. resurfacing—yeah, uh, I'm great with that.
4: Yeah, I, yeah, I yes, I kind of want it to be present day, but then I just was like. I don't know why I became obsessed with the, but what
1: if it's not? Yeah. So that's, that's where we have to pump our brakes <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the billboards. That would be my other Star Wars adventure. Yeah. I, also driving away from your place uh, uh, last time. Yeah. I came across some Mando billboards here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I think this image is online somewhere, but it really struck me in, uh, in the, in billboard form that it is the image that we've seen a bunch of him walking you know, across the sand, right? The wide shot. And they're kind of some moisture evaporators in the background in a sun or two sun setting, depending on how you look at it. But this, uh, billboard also has the shadow of sand crawlers in, in the billboard. By the time you get moisture evaporators, what is looks to me like two suns and sand crawlers. And in current Canon, Jawas are native to Tatooine. They might get off world. But they're not just like, "Hey, you run into Jawas everywhere." It, it's starting to feel like that's a billboard for the Mando walking on Tatooine.
4: Yeah, and, I, and when you texted me that, I had I did that like, oh, yeah, they said that." No, wait, no, they did didn't. They? <laughs> no, they didn't. Maybe they did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, Star Killer bases heal them. Uh You know, like so. I, and someone out there listening, you might have some more updated information. Uh, We'd love to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I've heard this is a this is a behind the scenes whisper of a rumor is that to save money, a lot of the things were planned in a, like Kenobi, um, that that the dropped Moss Isley project and this might have all been reusing some of the same sets of yeah, backdrops. Yeah, that's not confirmed. I'm not saying it is confirmed. It's just one of those uh, water cooler conversations I was a part of once. So that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not unlimited money in Disney. Uh, Some's got to go to Bob's car. So, uh, I, I I like this idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I know there've been spoilers floating around. Have you heard some of those spoilers yourself? Yes. At the reunion. Okay.
4: So I don't, I won't say it, but at your high
1: school reunion, at my high school. (laughs) reunion. Well, it's my friend. It's
4: my friend, Joel, Joel Trudgeon, who's I I moved down here with. He's actually a film professor at, at Cal State Northridge. Cool. Uh, and, and works at Valley college too. Um, and uh, makes, he's the one we grew up talking Star Wars the most with each other. So he's a big fan, loves the sequel trilogy stuff. Uh, he just told me, uh, you know, he, he was confused. He didn't even know it was a spoiler. He told me something. And I had seen someone had sent me a picture of the same thing. Ooh. When I say sent, God bless him, some, some of our listeners will be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to see that. I didn't want to see that. Yeah. But he, So but when they sent me that picture, I thought, oh, that's got to be... That can't be what it is. Yeah. Well, he saw the same thing at a store. Okay. And it's a toy spoiler. I'll just say that. And uh, he said, hey, uh, and in my head, I was like, uh-oh. That's, okay. I
1: think that's a thing. Interesting. And so a little bit more character-based. Yeah, yeah. It would be... It's interesting, yeah. Okay, because I've heard the rumblings of there's a big spoiler for the Star Wars galaxy in the in the first episode. And I have yeah. made the choice not to click on any of those links. Some right. of our listeners probably do and are like, I know exactly what it is. True. I've made that choice. I don't. There's something about this trailer that made me think, I wonder if the Empire just wiped out Mandalore. Not, you know, not the Death Star blew up the planet, but, you know, the planet was already ravaged by the war. Yeah. They live in the bubble cities. Yeah, the Mandalore are proud people, and the last we left off with rebels, they were gonna fight back, and that to me seems like Ooh. would be an interesting canon thing. If it's part of it, is he's the Mandalorian because there aren't many left because the Empire just dropped gas into the domes and just I euthanized Mandalore. Hot damn! I think uh, I think you might be right. Because uh, even with what
4: uh, Nick Nolte's uh, uh, Nolte not uh, said, uh, I know he has a name. We're going to go through that the news. Yeah, but I haven't seen, you know, a Ma- Mandal- Mandalorian. You know, that we hear that, you know, it's, yeah. it is kind of and we want to know what happened to him. And
1: that could be really interesting going back to even to Herzog's uh, thing. Yeah, like your, people have yeah. suffered, you know, and even like, hey, this Beskar is really rare because, because? it got... Melted down. I could imagine while, uh, you know, the events of
4: New Hope and Empire and Return of Jedi going on, that right? uh, Palpatine's like, can we go get rid of
1: those people? Yeah, like, hey, Just you remember know, we, we took care of the Night Sisters because they're yeah. the threat? Mandos yeah, go get them. Mando's are kind of good at standing up also, uh, and fighting. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. Like, tactically, r- like r- real good fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I can't have them, jo- uh, Gar Saxon joined us and it was beneficial. Yeah. Uh, we, I can't have, uh, you know, Bo Katan now leading, joining the rebellion. Yeah.
1: I can't have that. Yeah, Bo Katan plus Bail and or you know, Bail yeah. Organa. Nope. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. We
4: don't interesting. get into interesting. We don't get into those straight out predictions a while ago.
1: And I, I don't know if you're putting it down on
4: paper in the Joseph Scrimshaw Gosh. prediction chat. Who chapter. knows?
1: Yeah. Like I said, yeah. a lot of people have probably read that article and just know, like, Yeah, yes, of course that's true. Or no, of course <laughs> it's not. So
5: Well look
4: quickly before I, this is this is gonna be a five hour show, uh buckle up. Uh no, um are you close to the muting words point? Not for any negative, like ah, mutant words, but just
1: like, I want to start enjoying some of this, even though we have to discuss some of it here on the show. Yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't like getting to the point of muting words. Cause I mm. feel like then I, I miss uh good engagement. I, I did. A, sometimes I click on, uh, conversations under, uh, specific tweets. Okay. Even when I know that there's going to be some things like Obi-Wan looking in the hollow that only yeah. I'll only find pain there. um, And and I got I went into one for episode nine and somebody had an alleged spoiler, which may or may not be true. And that was like, all right, I like looking at things to take the temperature of the discussion. Yeah. But I probably need to back off on some of that.
4: That's fair. That's fair. I I, like I said, I don't mean it like a negative sense. I just like I want to keep that little piece of enjoyment. Um, Yeah. And I'm getting close to that point. Yeah. Because I think we might have seen the same episode nine. The problem is I have to type the word Star Wars news into the Google machine, (laughs) and that always brings up not news
1: people, but But rumors, rumors, some PA.
4: Anyways, uh, question for another time. Yeah, very exciting stuff. We're gonna also check in on Star Wars Resistance episode five. The engineer was yeah. uh, this weekend. I uh, did get a chance to watch it. Uh, this was probably my favorite one so far. Yeah, they've all been pretty solid. Yeah, but I just liked uh, what was going on
1: here. Yeah, I feel like they've been escalating uh, in in a really great way. I like they getting a little bit deeper on Niku hmm and honestly making Kaz a uh adding to i think what is already a well rounded character mm. by, by going like that that little scene where Niku's like Kaz always talks about <laughs> being a pilot or the resistance yeah. or the and Kaz does not ask about me It's like, yeah. oh well, fair criticism from Niku, your bestest friend yeah i I like it when I like it when it's getting into like real emotional stakes like niku feeling. Like, oh, wow, this person's never asked about me and this other person who doesn't really seem like a villain, but just like I was a slave (laughs) and I learned that you just have to do whatever to get by. So, yeah, I'm going to help the first order murder random people. But now that I made a personal connection, I do feel bad. A
4: it rem- it, 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 little bit of that reminds me of some of the stuff in Solo that I, we talk about a lot. About the the Empire isn't super present in the movie, except for it's present everywhere yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, with uh, the you're seeing what happens during that regime. So a little bit of hers, where it's like you're seeing what the First Order is doing. She just chose to support them to survive and not writing off what she did as good or bad. Just like yeah. it, it, it was. It, it, it went from a cute little... Uh, the episode started, and I was like, oh, Niku's going to get a girlfriend or something. <laughs> and it went a lot deeper than that, yep. to their credit, which is why I don't write the show.
1: Um, <laughs> so I liked it. Yeah, yeah, Niku almost gets a girlfriend, <laughs> and everyone almost gets murdered. And, of course, it had a great uh, Opeepid moment. Oh, my God, yes, I screamed in <laughs> joy. The Opeepid finally got the closet unlocked and got his tools back. I want that Opeepid <laughs> supercut when the show wraps um, up. Man. Black Series Opeepid. <laughs> Anyway,
4: Ah, we're going to go into Star Wars news. There is a lot to dive into. Uh, This is uh, we're just going to do it. All right. This one, this one's been going around. And Joseph, we felt, uh, uh, you know, specifically, I'll say you, you, you had a great point of like, let's let's. Address this one, yeah, uh, because Anthony Daniels has got his book coming out,
5: yeah, right?
4: the life and times of the protocol droid. <laughs> right? I, don't know, I forget what it's called. Uh, and I look, I am tremendously excited to read that book because oh, I, yeah. I know he's got inside. And we we kind of occasionally hear Force Center tease Anthony Anthony Daniels, but do not think I don't really love his his contributions to this. Oh yeah, franchise. Uh, he could just be a little. He could be a little. C-3PO at times. Uh, he can be salty, yeah. He can be salty. So there's some stuff coming out. The headlines read that Anthony Daniels is disappointed uh, with the sequel trilogy or the new movies. And we wanted to dig
1: kind of below the surface on that, Joseph, there. Yeah, because I I, I kind of saw over the weekend there was bubbling, and I got a couple of tweets from people of like, hey, there's this discourse is forming where everybody is grabbing on to this article and reading what they want yeah. out of it. And also just reading the headline, which is, yeah. I think, a thing that's happening more and more uh, that yeah. we should be cautioned about as Star Wars fans and members of society. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think what is interesting about it is he says some some negative things uh, that one can interpret different ways. Yeah. And he says some positive things. Yeah. And the people who, who want this to just be evidence that even the actors involved in the sequel trilogy don't like it. Are ignoring the parts at the end where he talks about how Episode Nine is great yeah. and how fans shouldn't be toxic. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: and we've seen similar things. Uh, Daisy Ridley recently, uh, even Game of Thrones season eight. Amelia Clark had some things of like, no, all right, fine. yeah, I, I get what you're, what you're disappointed, but and then that but gets left off every conversation. Yeah, yeah. So should we, I guess we should just read directly what he said. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, fair. that's fair. Do you, you want to take a stab? Sure, yeah. sure.
1: So in in the critical part, uh, he says in these. these These new movies I have felt like a table decoration, and that is difficult because I recognize this character, C-3PO, is worth so much more, but I understand it is a whole film, not a feature about C-3PO. All right. So that I I think that's fair to <laughs> interpret that as negative. <laughs> that is fair to say. But I I think for me, I you know, I I've done a, a ton of acting, mm-hmm. done acting in things where I am not the main character. I've right. written and directed my own things. This is a standard thing mm-hmm. for an actor known to be a little salty yeah. to say. I don't to me that doesn't read as like an incisive understanding of exactly why on a script and directing level the films are poor this is i wish i was in it more which (laughs) you can find almost any actor to say that about you can find somebody in a doing a butter commercial saying i wish this was more about my character yeah or not to me a big statement or analysis of the films it's just an actor saying yeah be cool if I was in it more. They, they cut out an entire scene of me eating butter, <laughs> right? I mean, what yeah. w- what is your take on
4: that? It's exactly it's exactly that. It's it's is. It's There's some truth in it, and I think you're going to glom onto the truth. In these new movies, I felt like a table decoration. There's no denying that R2 and C3PO
1: have been more in the background in this series.
4: Though I'd argue in The Last Jedi, he's there a lot.
1: Get some cool. I mean, I think that line in his, his entrance in The Force Awakens is one of the best C3PO moments for me, hands down. Absolutely, Uh, and we're going to talk. Our main topic, when we ever get to it, is going to (laughs) be the new and the old in the Force Awakens, and this is a part of it. Is Mm -hmm. it's a balancing act of the sequel trilogy to honor the characters that came before while also introducing new ones. So yeah, Yeah. of course, there's going to be a little less uh three P O.
4: Yeah, but I mean, he he says uh you know see
1: recognize the character C three P O is worth so
4: much more. Again, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, but. That again,
1: just what you said, that doesn't mean we need C3PO lead in this movie, which he then admits yes which he immediately says but i understand it's not a feature about yeah. it's not c-3po the star wars story so
4: you could read that first sentence i felt like a table decoration close the book yep
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then just it. be angry uh, but then he also talks uh, about the prequel trilogy so mm-hmm. uh, with with some uh mm-hmm. less than stellar commentary who says yeah. it was certainly a bit weird in the prequels but i accepted the storylines were very different i was very glad to be there Although they weren't much fun to do, yeah. So again, in that one statement, he is saying, "I understand what they were, but Mm -hmm. also here is my own uh, personal issue." So in in, in this thing is right now, it's like, hey, whatever your Star Wars perspective is, uh, if you got. Uh, a grudge against the prequels, a grudge against the sequels. <laughs> yeah, 3PO's giving you some ammo to work with. Uh, and, and, and I'll submit this not as an exact fact, but
4: I, in the Twitter sphere this weekend, I believe I saw something from him talking about part of the reason the prequels wasn't fun to do was because George was very angry, withdrawn, and there was a lot more, uh, he was working more with producers. He didn't mention Rick McCallum by name or anything like that, but it, it helped create a little bit more of a miserable experience than he normally had. I mean, And that sounds true with some of the things. I can can imagine by Attack of the Clones,
1: George was like, why am I here? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think you can watch all the the behind-the-scenes footage, listen to interviews with many people, and draw your own conclusions. It seemed like maybe George was not wanting to super-engage with the actors during Attack of the Clones. That (laughs) doesn't seem that controversial from all of the evidence out there.
4: Yeah, uh, and and some of the storylines that C-3PO had, uh, I mean, he wasn't Revenge of the Sith... I think he has more to do with Last Jedi than Revenge of the Sith, but, yeah, I, but I, I, I don't have a beat-for-beat beat moment. Yeah, but again,
1: what? in Revenge of the Sith, to me, he has some of his best honest moments where that, mm-hmm. that where he wishes he could... Do something to help had me. me you know, and can't. And yeah. Like, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, so then, so, but then at the end of the article, he said a bunch of positive stuff.
4: Yeah. And, and uh, w- about episode nine, uh, though, the, one of the most important words. <laughs> in the, uh, he reads, uh, he says, the C-3PO was a major arc. I'm very satisfied with what I had to do in this movie. And I'm very satisfied with everything I know about this movie. And people should be respectfully critical. The toxicity, toxicity was so shocking and unpleasant, and often wrong, <laughs> and often wrong. <laughs> to be venomous and cruel is against the ethos of a story about goodness. He goes on to say some other go. things. We'll dive in, but Joseph, that's uh, yeah, that didn't make the headlines.
1: No, that didn't make the headlines because, in this is people are making headlines to stir up yeah, conflict when that is not the whole thing. <laughs> And also, Mm -hmm. if you're of the mind to agree with 3PO was underused in Force Awakens The Last Jedi, well, here's 3PO himself saying... I had a major arc. I'm in this entire butter commercial <laughs> to overextend that metaphor. Uh, in that every, all the evidence we've seen is true that he gets to do cool stuff. We've seen the action figure with little Babu Frick, yeah. the red eyes and the bow caster. 3PO is going to do something uh-huh. cool and interesting. And even Anthony Daniels is saying yeah. so. And then, you know, I think to say, you know, to be venomous and cruel is against the ethos of a story about goodness. I think you have to take that with as much weight as him making his own personal like as an actor, I wish I had more to do uh, yeah. as an actor, the onset experience wasn't fun in the prequels uh, but still saying, hey, this is this is a story about fighting the darkness. so let's not be, <laughs> too, not, dark let's be too dark about it It's dark. He says, I get que-
4: uh, tweets from people saying they will never watch another Star Wars film again. Well, I bet they do. <laughs> Everybody, I can see him saying that. Everybody needs to see how it ends. And I hope they do, because from everything I have seen so far, it's really rather good. <laughs> Very 3PO like that. Very
1: 3PO. So, 3PO's review of all, Rise of the Sky. All Rise this of to sky. say,
4: yeah, all this to say, dig behind the headlines. Yeah. I think Force Center listeners know that. But it continues. And there's one going around about Lawrence Kasdan. Done with Star Wars. Yeah, he does say, you know, clearly he had some issues with Bob Iger. Lawrence Kasdan is an old, crusty uh, tri-tip eaten and codger, okay? I, I love what he's done to Star Wars. And I would if he was like, I'm doing more, I'd be so happy. Oh, yeah. But that's a that's a separate thing than yeah. anything. Uh, Joseph, the big question of this news story is here wrap up uh, Anthony Daniels' uh, portion, portion of the news. Should we temper our reaction at all uh, to this interview, to the, to the movie, uh, based on anything he says here?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that everybody should read whole articles and uh, come to their own conclusion. And I think that that we can try to not react or maybe even call out headlines that are manipulative or inaccurate. Yeah. You know, there's one there's been one going around the last couple of days about um, a one line in Resistance Reborn, mm-hmm. which is. Willfully spinning it out of context to make people angry. Right. It is not what is said in the book. Right. You know, and I think that we're going to see more and more of that because that's what gets clicks. Absolutely. You and I are close to, I mean, I'm
4: close to finishing Resistance Reborn. i are all done. You're yeah. all done. So we're going to do our four Center uh, review a little bit later. Uh, the book comes out, what, mid-November, right?
1: Uh, um, no, uh, the day this is released,
4: November That's 5th. right. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's right. We're already in November <laughs> of 2019. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. A lot of it. A lot of it. The it just. I think you all know out there, but it's starting to get me because there's that film clickbait Twitter feed, which is generally good, but I've seen some shows that I've been on putting there where I'm like, nah, it's just a question for a SEO based title. No clickbait is a willful lie. Yes. The, the thing going around about the Doctor Afro comic um they retconned the emperor took out his his power it was a character with a point of view that's clickbaity but uh but you're right i think there's more and more of a resistance (laughs) against that kind of stuff people are seeing angry dudes doing videos in cars uh should be pushed back on um toys hey let's talk about fun toys fun hey a couple things here we got some toys coming out i saw i also forgot one there's a Let's just start this. This is a black series. We uh, I collect a six inch black series. It's my speciality. Uh, coming up soon, we got Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, and a Battle Droid. I saw. Oh, uh, I think there was another a picture. I, didn't click on, uh, but Plo Koon and Kit Fisto, Joseph, our dreams of Rensis. <laughs> <and laughs> soon. Give me a little soon. snake tail. And I also an extra tall Yarl poofed. Oh gosh, in a super sized box. Yeah. We also got Han fixing the Falcon and Empire. He's got the little uh, goggles and uh, the tool, hydro spammers and whatnot. Lando from the Battle of Endor with a real cloth cape. And, uh, Joseph, we've been doing the the Star Wars rank, looking at some of the great figures that we love in the past. We got one coming up this week. I, we've talked about this before, but why do we love these specific figures? I'm looking at yeah. Han with the goggles.
1: I'm like, I got to have that. <laughs> well, the, and these are three and three quarter vintage. Those are the vintage ones, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So Han fixing the Falcon Lando, uh, from battle of Andor, a couple other, uh, yeah, like yeah. a, a clone trooper where you can take the helmet off. Right. More right, right. vintage stuff coming. Uh, yeah. I think the specificity is, uh, especially if you uh, grew up, uh, With the original line, that was that was kind of the game of like, ooh, they put out how many costumes are they going to wear in the movie? So how many different figures am I going to get? And it's just been a tradition through the years of making hyper specific figures Uh, and Han fixing the Falcon. eh, He looks pretty cool. It's a cool moment in in Empire, too. It's it's very Han. Like, got to fix this bucket of bolts so we can get out of here. And (laughs) nope.
4: Nope. nope. <laughs> also revealed, and this has been going around for a couple days, but we're discussing it here for the first time, uh, a website deserves Dessert, dessert, I've never,
5: I've never <laughs> I'm
4: joking around. Uh, they have some of the new Funko Pops that are coming out. Now, now, I've stopped my Funko Pop Obsession collection. Just ran out of time, room, money, uh, all of it. Uh, but I am intrigued by some of these. We have got uh, Kylo. We got the Rise of Skywalker Kylo. We got Red Eyes 3PO. We got uh, Darth Vader Electronic Pop. We got what? a lot of cool things. But the highlight, we got Knights of Ren. All of them. Bob. Ted, Phil, Carol, Alice, they're all there. And then uh we've got Dark Ray. Yeah. Dark Ray. So but here's here's the thing. I I'm, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Dark Ray Pop Vinyl Figure coming in July
1: 2020, okay? Mm.
4: Have you ever seen anything official from Lucasfilm
1: saying Dark Ray? Not to my knowledge. That's what right. the internet all decided to call her Immediately. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't remember any press release. Maybe JJ Abrams said it in an interview. I don't yeah. know. I didn't feel like he has, he's talked about it. Here, here's the, I, I, have, I have so many feelings. Um, <laughs> That's good. I think that it, it is amazing to see the power of the pop, right? Yes. To the be like, power of the pop. there's only a few for the vintage three and three quarter and honestly the black series. Mm-hmm. There are only a few Rise of the Skywalker specific figures. Right. And what they're releasing for next is, some prequel Jedi, awesome. Some yeah. characters from the original trilogy, all awesome. And maybe more Rise of Skywalker figures will be coming. But to get things as cool as Dark Ray mm-hmm. and all of the Knights of Ren, which mm-hmm. the Knights of Ren are born action figures, yeah. to come out, f- at least be revealed first yeah. as Pops, really puts the, uh, the toy market in perspective. That Funko Pops yeah. rule for anybody yeah. who wants... All of wants to collect them all.
4: Yeah. And, and harkens back to your wonderful story of, uh, getting, a, a, a black clothed. Luke Skywalker is a, as a, like a preview of the movie back yeah. in the day. Kenner, right? Yeah. You know, like, Oh, that's what he's going to be in the, that's in, the, gonna, in, in like, the Jedi picture. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but for, for Dark yeah. Ray... Dark Ray, yeah. I feel like there's something about Funko Pop that is... It, 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 Funko Pops are the toys of the internet generation,
5: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which means that they do have a sense of fun and a sense of whimsy, and right. I feel like it's funny that they're called Dark Ray because the internet called her Dark Ray. Like, mm-hmm. Funko Pops are not, like... If they put out a black series of right. a specific figure, they'd be like, oh, is that really going to be in the movie? But, like... I went to a hot topic this weekend and there's like Captain America. If he was a snowman, like yeah. they make everything. And if, if, if dark Ray is just mm-hmm. a force vision and she yeah. is in the movie for a total of 32 seconds, yeah, she's still fair game for a Funko pop. Right. right. Because right. that's the, oh, totally. that's the market of them that honestly, I feel like if Lucasfilm licensed it and people yeah. just made a meme, of ray yeah like they put out meme ray meme ray as a is a funko pop right cuz that's kind of the spirit uh, of it cuz it's it's absolutely. about it's about the fan engagement with all the characters. I mean, going to
4: the Game of Thrones Funko Pops, which are always after the season that they, you know, it's always okay. like you get like last. So there's not like a preview of what's coming uh, or, or wasn't during the show's run. But, yeah, you talk about the whimsy. It's a it's a weird whimsy. But like headless Ned Stark, the one that comes <laughs> off and has a bloody <laughs> neck stump. Uh, one one, the giant with all the arrows shot at him from Ramsey Bolton. Oh, like, yeah. So it's whimsy in a weird like hey, you're fans of this stuff, right? Remember when that
1: giant got an arrow in the eye? <laughs> Collect them all. Collect well, all the arrows. And didn't they uh, put out a series of all of the contenders for the throne that yes. came with a throne? Yes. Like, and they're still on, like, you can walk through Target and go, ah, I wish that person <laughs> ended up on the throne. I didn't win. They haven't yep. made a melted throne yet. It's like an air card, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but that's the thing, they don't probably could make it. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a melted right. throne, if there was a cult. Giant Drogon it. with
1: slag throne.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I don't take this as uh, one of the questions we were gonna have for the story is like, you know, should we look into this and everything? And I I think you're right. Even if this is hundred percent official, I I think it is. I just have you know, it's hard it is hard to tell on the internet these days. Yeah. You're, I'm reading this website, I don't know this website. Um I've gotten in trouble before for making fun of websites because I just don't know them, but there's thousands of them. But but this could be some weird German Toy Store leak. Yeah. This could be this, or that. But other times, a lot of times it turns out to be true. Um even if it's it, this is what it's going to be, Dark Ray. Yeah, I don't. I don't read into it too much yet. Yeah, but you're right. Thirty two seconds.
1: Yeah, and in if it is thirty two seconds, it's freaking cool. Look, I and it. I want the vintage three and three quarter of yeah. Dark Ray as well. You know, we we've, uh, we've mm. talked about that. They're great action figures of split seconds of film. Yeah, and uh, and I want more of them. We got uh, speaking
4: of more, we got more of Bob <laughs> Iger. So. Iger a while ago, remember he talked about, hey, you know, we introduced too much Star Wars in the market, and uh, the solo release a little bit on me. Uh, Bob is an interesting character. Having finished reading his book, uh, there's a lot I like about him. A lot of him, he's just a, a typical CEO, but but you know, I, 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 I there's some something about Bob I like. I don't know, but he 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 kind of clarified this. And this comes out at a weird time in conjunction with the story we're going to talk about next. And I'm reading from Blend's kind of summary of an interview on BBC, but I'm just going to read these two Bob Iger quotes and then we'll get into it here. Um, he says, I have said publicly that we made and released too many Star Wars films over a short period of time. I have not said that they were disappointing in any way. I have not said that I'm disappointed in their performance. I just think there's something so spe- special about a Star Wars film and less is more. A lot of people are taking just that part and making that their headline. <laughs> uh, he also says, I, I just think we might have put a little bit too much in the marketplace too fast. I think the storytelling capabilities of the company are endless because of the talent we have at the company. And the talent we have at the company is better than it's ever been, in part because the influence influx of people from Fox go on and go on there. Um, I think it's
1: important for me to for, to hear him kind of clarify some yeah. of the stuff. Uh, you? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great to hear him clarify, yeah, maybe we rushed too much to the market in terms of what we could sell, not in terms of the quality Yeah, of what was made, I think is a great uh, clarification. And uh, again, we're going to get into this uh, with our, our next news story. But uh, I think that when they got it, this was an experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's make a new sequel. And then around everyone, we're going to try a solo film. Uh, yeah. not, not a solo. A, a standalone, standalone film. film. <laughs> <Yeah.
5: And
1: laughs> if they had done a solo trilogy. Anyway, uh, a standalone film, mm-hmm. and then we'll see how it goes. And part of this is just like, hey, we saw how it went. Yeah. Turns out, when you, we really look at it, especially with Disney+, Plus mm-hmm. there to do the standalone-type stories we were thinking of. There's something that's magical about that you have to wait several years for a yeah. Star War, and maybe that's the way to go there's a possibility that this would be a different conversation if Disney plus isn't there. But right. I guess my point is I, I think yeah. they tried something and they're reacting to it. And I want people mm-hmm. to try things and learn. Uh, I want that from the random humans I meet on the street and I want that from <laughs> the people who make, Giant pop culture things that I consume, and we're gonna—that's
4: that, probably going to be brought up again here in a short second yeah. about uh, people in, in charge making decisions uh, to grow from their previous decisions or learn all those kind of things. And I think that's what Bob's talking about here. He's—he's uh, he's at times candid as best he can be about some of his mistakes. It's kind of something pops up in his book a lot, but it goes in there. But uh, I don't think any of us disagree that Star Wars is special. I—we—we I, we here don't really go for the direct comparison to MCU, uh, but in this case, it's. Them doing two three years two movies a year is totally different vibe and feel to me. Absolutely, yeah. It, it is Star Wars is special, and I was pushing back on the two a year idea that was floating around back in the day, yeah. Two thousand twelve to fifteen range, just all because of that. Like, you know, I like the I like it, it, patience is a good thing to learn. <laughs> Anticipation's a fun thing to have around. So. I agree with Bob on that, General. Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah.
1: And I think I would be bummed if it weren't for Disney Plus.
4: Do you think Disney Plus is going to change that special field at oh, all? We've had these discussions. We'll continue to have them. We're talk we're excited about Mandalorian. Do you think come I won't say Rise of Skywalker because yeah. I think it's too close and it's too exciting. But after getting used to Kenobi, Cassie Andor, uh, you know, uh, Gina Carano variety hour, I yeah. don't care. Uh, and then 2022 walks, comes around and we go into that theater and we're going to be like, Hey, hey, it's just a big screen version of that TV show we've been watching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's going to, I think Disney Plus being there is going to help because I think it mm. will keep Star Wars alive for the people who are a little bit more deep dive, maybe right. even draw in more general public, more younger people. Mm-hmm. So then I think, I, I think the way the movies are going right now is they have to be events. Yeah, And I think this only makes it more of an event because it's, it's something true. that you get a little bit of on your screen. Mm. But then you get to go it's not just a big screen it's an event that's what Thanks. everybody's doing that day mm-hmm. you're seeing it with people you are all laughing cheering reacting at the same time and that's what has that's part of the success of the MCU is even though there's a lot of them mm-hmm. for most of the theater going the people who go to see them they're events they're mm-hmm. celebrations and i think by mm-hmm. slowing down on the movies i think that they're going to feel like celebrations again that's a
4: great point. That's a great point that the show its just gonna, the shows are just going to kind of whet our appetite for the bigger things, but also just you know, Clone Wars held the held the flame for a long time. But we didn't think anything was coming back. This is a different feel. Like I, I think you're right. It is a gathering. It's a mini convention. Yeah, it's it's uh, our friend John Roca written out 55 seats at a theater to bring his, <laughs> his friends. Yeah, that won't go away. Yeah. If anything, it'll it'll will we'll emerge from our houses, look at the sun, ah, and be like, let's go celebrate Star Wars.
1: Yeah. In a way, it almost feels like saying, "Hey, do you think Lady Gaga is going to hurt her concerts by releasing <laughs> albums? Like, no, you enjoy a product at home, and then yeah. you go and." Celebrate it, yeah, in a big venue with other people uh,
4: you know, I'll throw in my sports side too, they're putting baseball on the radio, no one's gonna want to <laughs> leave their house, yeah, yeah, you're right, and, and more Star Wars is good, but again, overall, I do understand where Bob's come from, and I think they're helping to keep that special feel uh going strong, all right, to the main event we go. <sighs> Take a breath. The Saga of Dan and David. He does not like to be called Dave, uh, I recently learned in some article I was reading. Um, The Saga of Dan and Dave. D.B. Weiss. uh, David Benioff. These are names. They're in the news a lot last year. (laughs) It's been. It's been. And this one. So they exit literally after Joseph and I uh, I, I record and I yep. uh, load the episode into Anchor and say, all right, I'm going to go watch some baseball or football or something. My Dolphins were playing then I, I got some food. Darn it. Um, ah, Joseph, there's just – we should just I roll up sleeves and dive in. I, what's, what was your initial reaction to this news? Um,
1: my initial reaction is not shock. Mm-hmm um because of a lot of different factors i think for my i'll give my personal take personal on uh, I'm, I'm just me as a star wars fan okay. i really like game of thrones i think mm-hmm. they uh i didn't think they did an amazing adaptation and knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. for me it did go a little off the wheels mm-hmm. once they ran out of uh of of book material sure i feel like i like where the show ended up but i did feel a little rushed on how they got there. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have done to me some things that are tone deaf when it comes to uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those, I agree with those critiques. Yeah, But I'm still like, I really like Game of Thrones. Yeah. I really like their work. That said, that 2022 film, Star Wars film, whatever it's going to be, is not just another Star Wars film. It is yeah. a total relaunch mm-hmm. of what Star Wars is. is is. and there's a part of me that regardless of how how i feel about benioff and weiss the fact that fandom is very vocally divided Mm -hmm. just brings so much baggage to 2022 which could be just a breath of fresh air yeah now i love ryan johnson Mm -hmm. and uh, is a writer and director and i want to see his work too Mm -hmm. but if it gets announced that he's doing the next trilogy and it's 2022 yeah there's going to be a little bit of that, too, because yep. there's a lot of uh energy there. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, so the, a part of me feels like, boy, it'd be great if 2022 was just that launch of the new Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. the new Star Wars era in the big theater with somebody who had nothing of the old attached to them. Mm-hmm. And it was all new. We're, 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 we, we, end up at the same spot there.
4: That's, that's where my take, uh, we, we were texting and I just have a little bit of uh, relief, meaning I, I, I obviously love Game of Thrones and, uh, you know, can pick apart some of the things that I didn't like later on, but overall I just love it. Uh, that, that don't even want to get into the, the Austin film festival panel they were on. It, it, they didn't say anything I hadn't heard them say before. And suddenly it was. I was watching it in real time, and 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 that is the point of whether or not you can dive into things they said in that and what it was and this. But I was just like, I just kind of want to move past this. Uh, I don't. They, they could be uh, announcing we're just the executive producers. We walked by the office of the new Star Wars film, <laughs> but it was gonna that would, that would create conversations. Um, not not all bad conversations, by the way. But like, I just was like, kind of like what you just said, like now I think we both would agree be very happy with Ryan picking up the mantle. We don't know what's going on. Uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, but I understand, I very much understand where you're coming from. There yeah. is just kind of a point where you just kind of want to like, uh, all right, maybe we all could just go, Ryan can do 2024, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like, and, and we, I know the Feige things hand ha- hanging over this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. In- and so Overall, I think we're in
1: the same spot. Yeah. So I, in a way, I was relieved to just not have to have, as a part of Star Wars, the Benioff and Weiss Game of Thrones debate Yeah, for three
4: well, years. You sent out a tweet. I'm going to paraphrase your tweet, and I don't know specifically what you were referencing, but you said something about... Uh, the, uh, I'm just paraphrasing. Your tweet was about you know the conversation about Game of Thrones. is still go the cultural <laughs> conversation. I just want, and that's where I am. Just even as a fan again, not that some of the questions raised aren't good questions to yeah. raise, but after a while, like I ha- I have in season eight, I viciously muted every word to Game of Thrones because <laughs> I just wanted to watch the show. Yeah, that as I did in 2011, where I had no podcast and I had no, I could just watch it. Um, I'm kind of in that. I'm like. You know, and it isn't just about Last Jedi, it isn't just about Ryan Jones. it's just about the kind of the world we live in now. Where I'm like, I just kind of maybe, yeah, with someone else at the helm, we can go into 2022 with a little less of those conversations. Yeah. New ones
1: will pop up. Yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of bad news for me, too, yeah. uh, or challenging news, uh, we're going to get into all of the different re- yeah. uh, reporting and theories. Benioff and Weiss announced. Weiss. Yes. that this was their choice yes. and uh, apparently no one is taking no that, taking that. <laughs> at, at face value. Yeah. Uh, I think that there is some merit there but it, it, I, I think a big thing is like hey if you're a hardcore fan of Benioff and Weiss and Game of Thrones hmm. welcome to their world on Netflix. Yeah. like I, I think if you're upset about this mm-hmm. eh, it, it's a bummer that you don't get to see their Star Wars but they're doing pretty great. They're doing all right. $200 million dude, to, yes. to make uh, make uh, whatever they want on Netflix mm. in comparative peace. Yes. Right? Because streaming yeah. stuff does not get examined yet. Yeah. As it, it critically uh, yeah. as big picture releases do, do. Yeah. Same reason I'm happy that some of the Star Wars stuff is on Disney Plus. Is like, right. buy it or don't. Even if you ha- have it, watch it or That's don't. Point. It's not... Necessarily bumping other things because yeah. there's we have this flood of content right now. That's a great point. So like, hey, Benny and Weiss, if you're, you're fans of them, you're going to get to see a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, and I hope it's great.
4: Yeah, and we're gonna yeah, as we start to look at your so and the different styles of breaking the story and everything, and 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 I'll, I'll confess this: I love this stuff. I I have grown up with the late shift by Bill Carter being one of my favorite books. That's the, that's Carson retiring and Letterman and Leno fighting that's for a spot.
1: Leno hiding in the
4: closet. Leno hiding right? and Warren. Le- I love that stuff. <laughs> I love the follow up about the, the Conan days, you know, the war, the battle for late night, war for late night. Uh, the, the unauthorized book about the first five years of Saturday night Live Live uh, is amazing. Like I love that stuff, and I love all this stuff too. I just don't think I publicly love it as much because it's somehow being used as film criticism. Yeah, and that drives me insane. Yeah, where a decision that Kathleen Kennedy makes behind the scenes that you have no information on, suddenly you point to and go, "See, that's why the first act of solo sucked." You don't know anything, though. What that hap What happens fascinates me to no end. Absolutely, and I loved come coming to Force Center have this conversation with you, where I can kind of say, "This is crazy stuff."
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like absolutely, but it doesn't take away from any of the films to me, you know. Yeah, absolutely, well, and, and and I think there's. Do you want to go through some of the different yeah. reporting and, and see what we how we feel about those? I, takes? I think we should. The first one that kind of, well, I don't
4: know what the first one was. I, I actually think the Hollywood. I don't know. Variety's up on our list first because uh, they labeled as an exclusive Justin Kroll, <laughs> who is, uh, is, is is a very reputable film reporter. Dive uh, took a dive into it. And we're summarizing here. We're summarizing, it, Joseph, feel free to jump in when the oh, yeah. specific quotes. But the Variety article, and, and please, anyone, correct me if I'm wrong, focuses more on uh, Benioff and Weiss having creative differences with Kathleen Kennedy, and Netflix kind of unhappy with them working on Star Wars. Am I
1: in the general ballpark? Yeah, part? yeah, I think those are two... Because this is a massive, complicated thing. Like, we yeah. don't know the full truth of, no. of any of these things, uh, yeah. of Lord Miller, of... Gareth Edwards, you know, getting, getting, uh, having right. other people come in. We don't know, but this is extra muddy because creative differences, that's, those things just happen and maybe they really did have a vision mm-hmm. and Kathleen Kennedy, maybe even the story group, maybe Iger himself, which oh, I yeah. do want to say that, and I'll yeah. get, get back yeah. to the main point. A lot of these articles really have a, both of these articles and many other things have a Kathleen Kennedy. What is she doing? Right. And they never include Bob Iger. And Bob Iger himself has come out and said, mm-hmm. I made the call mm-hmm. on the solo release date. We don't know how many of these people Kathleen Kennedy hired versus Bob Iger hired. We just yeah. straight up don't know. And uh, yeah, I have heard some rumors around <laughs> <Calum> that <Miller. laughs> that, the, that certain hires were Bob Iger's. Yeah. Certain hires were Kathleen yeah. Kennedy's. So yeah, it's... It, 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 that that's a really hard position to be in if the uber boss yeah hired someone thinking hey maybe we'll go in this direction and then kathleen kennedy and her whole team is like well we've been really thinking about that we wanted to go with an orange tone yeah. for star wars <laughs> and somebody else comes in and like it's purple yeah and like yeah okay i mean that's that's just a legitimate mm-hmm. creative discussion yeah. And it is not necessarily like that Kathleen Kennedy changed her mind. Right. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. But maybe well. some of these people were hired by Bob Iger. So I, I take all of the firings. Yeah. And, and quitting departures. Yeah. Individually. Mm-hmm. And look at them. And to me, like, yeah, obviously I'm a big Star Wars fan and I, I want Star Wars to just be this smooth running ship. Yes. But I also care mostly about the eventual quality of the films. Ye- and yep. I think so far, to me, yeah, uh, the the films have reflected that these decisions make sense.
4: Yeah, I I, I think that's people's reactions to this news and these articles. That, that that's where you're you're you're. Satisfaction or unsatisfaction uh, with the end product is going to guide you through this. Right. You're not going to care. Uh, I, I yeah, a joke, but uh, another sports reference that I said this on Jedi Council, the, 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 late, the mid-70s, late-70s Yankee teams were literally fist-fighting each other <laughs> in the dugout. The manager was in the face of his star player. They won two World Series back-to-back. So the end result, me as a Yankee fan, great, fight away. You guys won the title. Um, versus the 96 team that all gathered... Uh, and had a before-meal prayer together. Like, you know, like, <laughs> they the, the result was the same, and I'm happy as a fan. But, yeah, if you are, and it's viable to say, hey, I don't like this, I don't like that, and Solo didn't grab me, those are all viable, viable opinions, you might look at this and go, man, I wish they were more on the same page. So all of that's kind of fair. I think there's, we talk about there's no Grey Jedi. There's some, there's
1: Grey going on here.
4: Absolutely. Because, again, we're not privy to these meetings. Right.
1: So that's a creative <laughs> differences. there might have been there, mm-hmm. and those are legitimate. Yeah, But then you get into the Netflix thing is just a huge, like, it, the the Netflix thing for me, mm. a part of it is, like, you're standing in a room going, who, who murdered this person? And then you ask the person who's holding two bloody knives, <laughs> <laughs> who murdered this person? And it's Netflix going, <laughs> yeah, we signed, we're giving them $250 million. Yeah. And if these reports are true, like... We want them to make this the priority. We want them to be on set. We want to get our money's worth out of Benioff and Weiss. And, oh, you're also going to not just do a Lando solo movie. You are going to reboot Star Wars entirely for a new generation. But you're just going to kind of do that at the same time while you're developing multiple TV shows and movies for us. Which, of course, Netflix would not want this. Yeah. And of course, Netflix might be like, who are you doing that for? The people who are making the Netflix killer Disney Plus? Like, this is, I think, an under-focused on part of the story. So I'm going to drop one so I've heard
4: thing, which, again, doesn't mean anything. I want anyone listening. Doesn't mean it's truth. But I have, I have heard that Netflix basically said, the hell you're going to make Disney plus content, because that's what you're making, uh, here's more money, go break up with them. Yeah. That's what I, that's, that is a, message I received. Yeah. And doesn't mean does not mean that if you're if you're if you're running through if that if that text comes across from Mr. Netflix if you're going okay well we've had some creative differences uh yeah you know the fandom's not the best which we're going to talk about the next oh, yes. dollar <laughs> okay we'll break up with them. Yeah. Again, and I'm not in those meetings you're not me we get it but but I think uh, and all the think pieces that have come out after no one is pointing to the streaming war that is bigger than anything we've ever had in the entertainment industry. Yeah. That cost a, a Game of Thrones prequel show that I think there, there's a lot of reasons that I think there's like that ain't going to work for HBO Max. We need dragons. And 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 there's, again, more to that. But both, George R. Martin's behind both of them. I I think uh, PlayStation View is gone. The same day this happened, I got an email that said your PlayStation View is going away. The way you watch television is <laughs> no longer viable. <laughs> no longer, yes. Yeah. In January, I have to find a new way to watch my Ghost Adventures. Like <laughs> this day alone was crazy about the streaming wars and somehow I can see why from a certain point of view. It all focused on Kathleen and her decisions. Like yeah. I, I wonder what fueled that. Anyways, um uh, and, and this is that Netflix and Disney hate each other. Remember when Disney pulled all their shows last year?
1: Yeah. They're at war. They're and, at war. And, and this was basically <laughs> like, hey, we can have uh, feet in both camps, right? And, and this decision happened a few months ago, which
4: has now come out in articles um, I'm, t- I, I told you, I was, I was at a Comic-Con party. I think it was months, months, months before this deal was announced in February 2018. And someone said to me, uh, Benny F. Weiss are doing Star Wars. That's how long these deals happen. Obi-Wan Kenobi lies for four years. You and McGregor, yep. because these, th- 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 these don't just happen on a Monday morning. And you gotta believe that Netflix, I love that. Netflix got the knives out. Thank you, Brian yeah. Johnson. They are <laughs> holding bloody. What? Who us? What? Who us? What? what? No, Uh-oh. I mean they just killed every popular show we had. Jessica Jones <laughs> gone, all the uh, Luke Cage gone. We don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, don't get me started, Joseph. You got me
1: started because I love this stuff. <laughs> I know it's it's <laughs> juicy stuff. So th- those are the two big ones from Variety, yes. right? Um, all right, so. Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter. They followed up. Yeah, a, a lot of people
4: just working <laughs> phones that day. Uh, this article, and I'm, I am And if you haven't read them, they are pretty. Again, I do love this stuff. It is really interesting business, high stakes business, uh, creative business. But the Hollywood Reporter story focuses on uh, D and D's uh, divided attention, and then them kind of going, eh, the fandom ain't the best. We just experienced the. Brunt of it for Game of Thrones, justified or not, if you listen and you didn't like it or you hate them to death or you did like it, doesn't matter. You can't argue all and some of the cast faced a lot of it. Some kind of looking around going, well, with all things considered, we're going to be busy. Yeah. And eh, people don't really like us. And Star Wars ain't better (laughs) right now.
1: Yeah. I'm summarizing. So, I'm summarizing. Yes, I want to, yeah, I I feel strongly about this one Let's and do I it. do I'm so sorry, Ken, but I do want to talk about the Austin film fest Let's uh, do it. Uh, panel. <laughs> so this was live tweeted. If anybody is not caught up with yeah. it and it is stuff that I think they've said before, but again, I'd take everything with a grain of salt. It is live tweeted. So there's right. no, there's no mood. There's no energy. You can't read the people's eyes. If there's a video, I haven't seen it, but they do say a lot of things that, uh, that they really learned on the job, that they had no idea what they were doing, that they don't, that George R. R. Martin was even like, "Why are you giving this to these mostly inexperienced screenwriters who've right. never ran a TV show or directed anything?" And yeah. you know, so it understandably got people riled up. Um, but within that, they talked about how they didn't look at uh, fan comments. Oh right, and yeah, how they yeah. didn't want fan comments they um canceled that their appearance at san diego comic-con after the series had wrapped yeah and they were supposed to be there for just the like game of thrones it was one of the best shows ever made let's have a fun panel and they backed out of it during the actual airing of the final episode they were like on a beach somewhere right they were like we don't want to we're turning off our phones and we're going away right yeah so on one hand i say Great. Creators should create and they should go and do that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, all of this is evidence to me that it is true that Benioff and Weiss are like, we would like to make what we make Mm -hmm. and then we would like to put our heads down and we do not want to be part of the discussion. We don't want to go to San Diego Comic-Con and take a victory lap that might be soured by one or two negative comments. Mm. We just don't want to engage. Now, for somebody for people if if you assume that that is true based on that evidence yeah if you were saying to yourself in the year 2019 i don't want to engage too much with fans i don't want people to yell at me too much if there are too many if there's a possibility of too many negative comments i'm going to go to a tropical <laughs> island with my family why on god's green mfing earth <laughs> Would you reboot Star Wars for an entire new generation? <laughs> you're the best. Uh, why? Hilarious. Right? I mean, d- to me, this Hilarious. is just like this, a couple of the, the comments, mm-hmm. the quotes in these articles acknowledge, like, they don't want to deal with that. Yeah. When you add that evidence up, why would they? It's one thing if you're like, we could reboot Star Wars or we could fade into oblivion mm-hmm. penniless. Mm-hmm. Or we could be paid $250 million to make whatever the hell we want. The dream of any creative person yeah. ever to be given bucket loads of money to make whatever the hell you want. That's that's their option A. And their option B is no matter what they do, be screamed at by at least half of the population. Right. No matter what they do. Right. Good, bad,
4: otherwise. And you got that company saying, we'll give you extra money to walk away. Yeah. Go break up with that. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird uh, because, you know, if you're from the outside looking in, you might be like, why would you walk away from Star Wars? What does that mean? It's sometimes hard to imagine because you're not in that situation. That's not not a finger wag or a cynical approach. Think about your job. Think about some, maybe you are, uh, you know... um, a law firm and you get offered partner, but you know that that's going to take your life down a path. And even though that's what you actually wanted for 10 years and you're a young up and coming lawyer and they're offering you partner suddenly you're finding yourself, Oh, there's a lot of things that have changed my direction. That happens all the time, but you just don't have a podcast lawyers, lawyer center going, uh, why would you want to leave star Wars? (laughs) And I think, I think everything you're saying is very, very, very accurate and yeah. true
1: i mean it just it it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. like we do we want to do star wars this much i think there's another discussion to be had too mm-hmm. about our where we are culturally with uh social media and youtube mm-hmm. and twitch and like how much creators of massive pop culture things right need to be representatives of them mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because i do have an argument that I, I i can see things utterly from their perspective of creators create You don't say anything about it. You don't do a podcast a day after you create the thing and then you let people react to the thing and you don't Mm. insert yourself into it that much because in theory you inserted yourself into it massively when you created it as an artist. That's your DNA on screen. Yeah. Right. But with the, with Kevin Feige being a personality with uh, Takei Waititi being Mm. a, a big personality, like anybody who touches a MCU movie, a Star Wars movie, hell, I- mm. any large pop culture thing, you go to premieres, you do junkets, you, m- press, you huh? probably have a social media presence. Like J.J. J. Abrams really controls yeah. when he appears, but when he appears, he's kind of like an old school showman. Yes. He knows what he wants to say, he presents it with flair, he, he is a public face. Yes. He's very careful about how much he engages, but he is still a public face. So I yeah. think that's another big part of it too, if Benioff and Weiss are really like, we don't want to be kind of the public face Mm. of what we create. That's not for us. We want to put our heads down and do the work. I think that's a valid discussion to be had about culturally, how much we expect that of Mm. creators to have them also be personalities and salespeople.
4: It's it's, that's a great discussion. That is a great one because Ryan did such a good job of standing Front and center, and taking as many slings and arrows as, as he as he could. Oh yeah! With as much, you know, he'd he'd fight back in little ways, or that video he did of reaching up and finding the Jedi book and everything. <laughs> and then, but it, we came to Kelly Marie Tran. He's like, nope, we're not taking this at all. Yep. Uh, and then. Uh, so he did a he did a great job of that, but I and Ron, How- I'll tell you what, Ron Howard got in there and, total fan and, and, and engagement would respond to. I'm sorry you are disappointed, man. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, because that's that's what he would do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> repeated my tweet and like uh, 2,700 yeah. other tweets that day with yeah. opinions on solo and like, yay, congrats, and like, yeah. And, I, I think Benioff and Weiss are old school, and they're like, they're we, don't, we don't we yeah. don't want to do that. And I think Ryan Johnson is a good example because yeah. you know he has taken a lot of heat. But he goes out there in constant junkets and says mm-hmm. like hey I, I it's fans are passionate they're gonna feel strongly yeah so you know they're in obviously he pushes back on things that he really doesn't like like you said. Yeah. Uh, Other no, times, he, kind of he, he, he pushes back on racism, <laughs> things he really doesn't like, like blatant <laughs> racism. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Look at the old Instagram feed yeah. of uh, Kelly Retran. Yeah. Uh, but but what's the? But uh, sorry to cut you off. What is the expectation? You know, because sometimes
4: I I I love solo. Sometimes I just want John Cass and just uh, put the phone down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it's tough. I don't know. I don't know what's the new norm. And they, yeah. they are definitely old school. Yeah. And yeah, I, mean, Netflix, I, yeah. I I don't know.
1: I think if you've never been through it, I remember the first review I got oh. for a live show and mm-hmm. just that idea of like a random human came and then just said these horrible things about me. Like uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a very specific feeling. And then yeah. to it, it takes a specific kind of person mm-hmm. to how do I process that? Yeah. How do I absorb it and process that, or how do I ignore it and lock it out? That's uh, it's a huge challenge. Yeah, and this is going to be one of the most highlighted films, mm-hmm. I think, of my lifetime. Yeah, because it's a reboot of Star Wars, and and Not, I don't mean a literal actual right, reboot. Right, right. It's going to be Episode Four, you know, <laughs> new again. Yeah. But it's it's reinventing what Star Wars is going to mean for the next generation Gosh. and how we're going to tell these stories in the movie theater. And
4: and when I bring up the story of, of hearing that information about them signing
1: on at a party, at number one, it
4: shows I you know occasionally get to a fun party where people get drunk who shouldn't talk. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is that was before the last Jedi came out. So, yeah, then things change dramatically. Yeah. We love that movie. We love Ryan, but things change. No one's going to deny that. So, yeah, if you're sitting around and then, you know, you're also about to close the most popular fantasy show in history and, you know, <laughs> even on a good day, you know, it's going to inspire some conversation.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, that could change a lot of things. There's that research and report about how uh, Russian operatives recognize that The Last Jedi was an actual controversial thing that could further divide (laughs) Americans. It's like you're looking at that, too. Like, I I was I I was when I was a little kid, I saw Luke Skywalker staring at the twin sons and I dreamed of being part of Star Wars. Russians are going to use angry opinions about my (laughs) Star Wars movie to affect actual geopolitical reality. Like yeah, it's a different
4: damn world. Different damn world, indeed. And again, it goes back to the idea. I think if all this is running through your head, and yeah, maybe you aren't seeing straight with some of your uh, uh, executives. I don't know a creative that does. I don't know a creative that does. I hate getting notes. I know they're valuable. I use them because I'm smart. I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm smart <laughs> enough to know as a creative that you you need a second opinion. You're in the bubble. You're in the forest when you're working on a project, but I I tell you, there is not one note that I have received in my career that has not made me flash with red anger, and I've had to take a breath and go, what do you, no, calm down, what are you doing? So for Betty Off Weiss to, to think that they might got have gotten into some conversations with Kathleen Kennedy Story Group, Bob Iger, anybody, and hey, here's what we want to do, and they go, great, uh, but we don't want that, we don't want that. And you pretty much just, by the way, had I'll say seven seasons where you got to do whatever the hell you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, season one budget constraints and George being more involved. HBO, not sure, like you know, all that stuff. Yeah, you might. That's another reason to be like, "Eh, but creative differences shouldn't scare anyone in the audience
1: uh, to think things are bad. I also just, the creative differences thing is like, "Eh, sure, yeah, if if reports are true that Lord and Miller were like, no, we really want to make it solo uh, comedy. And they're like, eh, that's not what the script was. That's not, we want it to be more in line. It's a legacy character, so we want it to have the tone that matches a legacy character. Creative differences. Yeah, Great. But uh, to me, the narrative that, everyone who's been promised creative differences and taken it away. It's like, well, then how does that fit with... Ryan got to pretty clearly make Mm -hmm. the Star Wars movie that he wanted to make and some of the choices that he made were very controversial. So if you're going to just play it really, really, really safe... Yeah. Why wasn't Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger flying out and going, get that green milk out of Mark Hamill's mouth, right?
4: We, I think we need to dive into that. I think we need to spend a couple of minutes on the 17-hour episode of The Force <laughs> Center about that. Because it you you, you got to choose a direction sometimes, I think. And I get there's complicated gray areas in all conversations. Totally get it. But if you're out there making videos or reading articles and writing articles that – Old Kathleen Kennedy and her team, no director wants to work for them because they don't have their own creativity. By the way, I hated Last Jedi because Ryan had all of his creativity and I hated it. Yeah. You can't choose both. And and it's also case by case. Ryan came, the movie came in under budget. The movie, uh, he worked well in the system. Uh, I I, uh, hear tell he early on was like, I submitted my script and they said, great, go shoot it, which was, I thought was, Surprising, yeah. He also went up and and worked with the story group, uh, and unlike any of the other directors, he also is a Star Wars fan, probably unlike any other directors other than Favreau now. And again, not that JJ doesn't love Star Wars, but I think Ryan is that guy. Like, uh, like if Ryan wasn't in the film industry, he'd have a Star Wars podcast right now. Like, <laughs> and, and so he got the and, and, and he played not played within the system. That's sometimes bad connotation, but just like you know, like like you're not. Your mousy or something like that, but he 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 was a consummate professional. Everyone enjoyed working for him. Everyone enjoyed working with him. Not saying that others aren't like that. In fact, if you hear any any of the cast will talk of Game of Thrones, will talk about Benny Alvin Weiss and say they're just wonderful, warm yeah. beings. That that's not what I'm saying. But it's like. So you can't then attack last for Ryan having his creative
1: way and then say, oh, also Kathleen clamps down yeah. on it. It's it's also could be other things. I think, yeah, my, my bias perspective as a writer is when you're working with uh, producers and other creative people or even the cast,
5: mm-hmm.
1: they trust creative risks more when they are clearly laid out. And like, we know this yeah. is a different tone. We know this is kind of uh, challenging some ideas in order to reaffirm them. Mm-hmm. But here it is. In the script, yeah. Compare Ryan Johnson's totally completed script, Mm -hmm. little tweaks along the way, which are a normal part of the process. With not not me making things up, Gareth Edwards saying it. We were just on set, and it looked cool that Jin would turn around the hallway, and I had no idea if that would ever be part of the movie. Yeah. Compare that to Lord and Miller doing a a ton of improvising on the set Mm -hmm. when the Casdans I think had a pretty locked script. Th- those are just structurally really, really different to have somebody who's a mm-hmm. writer and director like, here is my vision. It is complete. Yeah. I'm ready to shoot it versus people changing things, making things up on the fly. It is harder to invest in that kind of creativity and in that kind of risk taking yeah. when you're a big, big studio like that with big risks. If you kind of can't see the idea fully executed on paper first. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's that's the business part of it, and I think Benny Weiss are good at that. But I mean, uh, you know, I think I, I, I tone deaf comes up a lot. I, I, I think a lot with Benny more than more than Weiss. He seems the one that just kind of seems to be <laughs> wonderfully clueless, not even wonderful. Uh, but I think, look, one of the reasons I think still today, one of the reasons they got they went for shorter amount of episodes is they had 55 day night shoots that killed their, their crew. And I think Lucasfilm probably could have, could have been. This is, this is not. I don't want to read too much into it, folks. But like that—that's that's part of the creative differences too. Hey, we want to do this. No, you you got budget. It's not unlimited. Favreau's had budget problems. I've heard. You know, you hear Filoni going. Well, we wanted to do this in Clone Wars, but we couldn't. It co- animation backgrounds cost so much. Yeah. This character. I mean, that that's part of the creative differences because at some point, some someone above you is going to be like, "Great, you can't do it though." <laughs> yeah. Find another way. Yeah. The Battle of Blackwater Bay has got to be at night. because we can't afford it uh you got horses got to charge into battle because we can't afford to cgi the horses as much like this is realities and so that factors
1: into all this stuff yeah yeah boy we could go for money we could we could i i would like to unless you got anything else i would like to wrap this up by talking no, a little bit about yeah. 2022 and just kind yes. of reframing that again, right? And
4: and, and the conversation about the movie, yeah. what it might be, what it might be. Because one of the things that was confirmed, there have been heavy rumors floating around, was that uh, they were going to do the origins of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, not the not the old Republic, not Sith versus Jedi necessarily. Okay. Though I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, the origins of the Jedi, the Jedi Order. Yeah. Uh, which is very fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm not a huge old Republic person, but I want to learn more about it. But this is fascinating. I I want to start there, Joseph. Do you think this is still something you want to see with other creators? Did you want to see that at all?
1: Uh, I am intrigued by it. It's not my go-to. Because I think we do have a a history as a a fan community, as an audience going, like, negative reaction to things being explained like the people who don't like solo oh, are yeah. like i didn't need to know how he was born You go back to classic Pat oswald mm-hmm. you know stand-up jokes about don't need to know where darth vader came from Th- there that is a common refrain of don't need to know exactly where they came from right so origins of the jedi i, I might be really interested but for me i'm more interested in thousands of jedi different philosophy thousands of sith mm-hmm. thousands of mandos that that to me is juicier than answering a question that I don't know if people are asking.
4: That's fair. That's uh, fair because it could very easily become, I mean, it's big screen action. It wouldn't. But yeah, uh, of a bunch of people sitting around going, uh, should we wear robes? What do we think? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's ask those caretakers yeah. out Who there. Knows? Uh, it could
1: be amazing. <laughs> it could be amazing. But yeah. just, you know, on the paper, on the, you know, it, it, it doesn't. I'm not so excited for the idea that's personally personally fair. of Origins of the Jedi that mm. I'm like, oh, no, that's a, a terrible loss. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's fair.
4: I, I I, I just being such a person who didn't play Knights of the Old Republic, and I, that's not me saying it's bad. Uh, all the tweets that you're all forming right now, I know. <laughs> it's a great game. Everyone loves it. It's just not something that pulls me in. But when I'm thinking in terms of your starting... Again, what we said—this weird kind of saga reboot of—we got to go to other areas. Where's the most material to mine from? Like the quote, "Old Republic" does makes perfect sense to me. Does make perfect sense? I just—I was drawn in by the origins of it. But again,
1: that might be a a
4: documentary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, origins of Jedi might be. Oh, that's just the way this person said. Yeah, it's Jedi fighting Sith. That might be. You know, they allegedly met with George Lucas. That might be. Hey. Here's the first Jedi who made contact yeah. with the midi-chlorians within right. her own body and and yeah. we go into <laughs> her bloodstream and we see and through there we go into the cosmic force it might be yeah trippy kind of stuff that that Luke has been talking about it's yeah. it's so few words and and we kind of got you know a little. Hmm. If if Octo is the first Jedi Temple, yeah. is that that's also like is that our all new canon? Or if if we're gonna do the origins of the Jedi, does that mean that we're gonna see Octo and you already get right back into how much yeah. this is this gonna tie to tie what we've in. already seen versus be
4: brand new? It would be very odd to do that and not have Prime Jedi or Jedi Prime, the one that's yeah. the, the, in the that logo come about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's on Octo. Yeah, absolutely, and and, yeah. and, and that's when I heard that the A, hey, you know Kathleen says uh, we're Ryan and Dana and Dave are meeting to I was like, okay, is Ryan just going, Hey, don't forget, I put the I prime eyes on the bottom of the
1: <laughs> I got a seal there. Yeah, I think that, regardless of of there's it, I, I think just remembering how big of actual legitimate creative mm. and therefore also business decisions are involved in 2022. Yeah, it's not should we do Boba Fett or Dr. Afra, right? Yeah, it is what is how much of what we've known. Is mm-hmm. Star Wars, and how much is that just the Skywalker saga? Yeah. It, it's not just a timeline. It's, are they always trilogies? Or yeah. should we set up something that has a continuity like the MCU? Right. Is it just the old Republic in a different time frame, or is it in the next galaxy over? Right. The level of decisions, both creatively and structurally as to how the movies would be released Mm -hmm. it's it's so huge and so wide open that i think we've got three years of of bumps along the road uh that are to me at least a natural part of the process yeah this is a big question what is it next yeah and 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 specifically
4: to the to the feige coming on board which seems to coincide with them knowing what already happened clearly um a call goes to Kevin, hey, we're losing Dan and Dave, we might be short on time, we still want to meet this release date, you know what you're doing, you could multitask like no others, where they have, Dan and Dave already said, we're not touching Star Wars til we're done with Game of Thrones, fair enough. But whereas Favreau was working on Mandalorian in the Lion King office, like some people can do it, some people can't. I'm not even saying Dan and David couldn't because they felt they could. But uh, you go to Feige and say, hey, help launch us with your expertise on getting movies out, moving them fast.
5: Yeah, Um, working
4: with multiple directors, but still having a little bit of cohesion within that. Very much. He is a producer. He is a producer. So that all kind of ties up into your question or into what we're talking about here of What is the
1: future? Yeah. (sighs) Unknowable right now.
4: I actually... Don't want to be in those meetings. <laughs> I
1: don't want to be in those meetings. <laughs> All right, that I'll, uh, is email my pitches. Yeah. The,
4: <laughs> that is the, the uh, look at Star Wars news. And wow, it's a, it's a big look. We know it. But I think you guys enjoy rolling up your sleeves and digging in with us. Uh, we are going to move on to our main topic here <laughs> uh, now. Uh, and uh, <laughs> before we do, we do want to do our Force Center recommends an audiobook, audiobook we think you should try out on us.
1: Yeah, it is being released the same day as this podcast. It is Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Uh, I apologize if I get the uh, pronunciation of the name wrong of the author, but Resistance Reborn, it's a fascinating book. We're going to do a full review, but it's got a lot going on. There's a lot going on to download your free audio
4: book today. Go to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4Center for your free audio book. I'm almost done with it. Really enjoying it. We'll do our review on 4Center very soon. All right. We're going to go to our main (laughs) topic. This is the 4Center road. To the rise of Skywalker, we're taking a look at some big things that need discussing need discussin', and figuring out before we get to the final chapter of the Star Wars saga, the Skywalker saga, that is. Uh, we t- tackled the great Raylo debate uh, last week, uh, which was a lot of fun. This week, something we hear a lot about, and that is The Force Awakens. Eh, not so much new in there, uh, but we disagree. There is a lot there, <laughs> new, old. That's why we're looking at the new and the old in The Force Awakens. Joseph, what do we got?
1: Yeah. So we're going to talk about that uh, ongoing debate and dive into what is new, what is old, the balance between the two. And I think it's a a timely thing to look at as people are sort of evaluating the overall story of the sequel trilogy, how it fits into Mm -hmm. the Skywalker saga. And to me, it's really interesting when you're looking at 2022. Yeah. And as each individual Star Wars fan can search their soul for their own tastes and say, how much is Star Wars about nostalgia? Yeah. How much is it about the previous generation, and then the new generation coming in to take it? Or has that just been a part of the Skywalker saga? Mm. And uh, Force Awakens is kind of the epicenter to me of that that idea. Absolutely. So I just want to start, Ken, by taking your temperature about right now as we begin this conversation, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the balance of how much new, how much old in The Force Awakens? In do you feel differently now than how you felt when it first came out?
4: I'll start there. I feel... I don't know the percentage. I feel... A lot different. A lot from percent when the, different. Four, a lot percent difference when, from when the first Force Awakens came out. Um, though I, I definitely was on the side of no, 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 there's a lot of new things. Actually, if anything, it wasn't a New Hope remake. It was a uh, look at the three original trilogy movies and grab all the things from it. Um, but I think there's a wonderful balance between the new and the old. And I think that's one of the things I will always give JJ and his entire team credit for. Of bringing us back in and going, yep, we know you need the X wings, the TIE fighters, a guy in a mask with a red <laughs> saber, and a, uh, a, a an unknown uh, desert scavenger to go about to go on a hero's journey, hero's adventure. Like, I, I, and it all ends with a big uh, planet killing device. Like, yeah, and it's familiar, but it's all introducing new things, and a lot of it are things you need to look for. And I do say need to. Sometimes you need to roll up your sleeves if you want. If you don't want. My dad enjoyed that movie, too. He couldn't tell you what's what. You know, you don't need <laughs> he to. He probably thinks Jen Erso is also right, that's, right? That's uh, that's another, yes, he, he probably. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, I, I love where we're at now. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, I feel the same. I, I think I have uh, some critiques we'll get into, but I feel mm. like, to me, the balance of new and old is really essential to Star Wars, but Force Awakens, in particular, was this return. Ooh. It's literally got Awakens in the title it was an attempt to highlight both the returning cast and introduce new characters and i think as i've been going on about uh, a lot as we get to the rise of skywalker i think the old in the force awakens is purposeful i think Mm -hmm. that's what this is the sequel trilogy is about is not being able to escape the shadow of the past. That's what Mm -hmm. Ray and Kylo are wrestling with. Ray literally growing up in the wreckage of the past. Kylo being obsessed with his grandfather and not being able to get the shot out of the shadow of his galactic heroes family. That stuff is not to me. The old in force awakens isn't just cosmetic, right? It is incredibly intentional to this is about legacy. This is about, can we escape the past? right and i think there's almost i think that's what makes it a personal film for jj abrams of yeah. like how can i escape this sh- i'm building this what in the shadow are, of yeah. what has been before yeah i i am growing up in <laughs> an <laughs> at-at you know i'm, I'm ray. <laughs> living in an at-at you know yeah. I, I think there is a lot of connection between abrams and ray it and i don't mean sense. that in any sort of mary sue way i mean in terms of what she is wrestling with yeah because oh, absolutely You know, Abrams has talked about what really hooked him is that idea of Luke is a myth. Yeah, and I think like that's my way in. Luke is a myth to me too. Yeah, how would somebody in the actual Star Wars universe feel about forging something new in the shadow of that?
4: That's why we talked. We did our our ranking of the favorite uh, trailer moments, but that 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 Ray saying, you know, I've heard stories. Yeah, that got that got me right away in the trailer, and it got me emotional, but also like. Yeah, I heard those stories, too. <laughs> we heard those stories. Did you have action figures, Ray? We had action <laughs> yeah. figures. Yeah.
1: You have a doll. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I think I, I definitely have some critiques, and we'll get into them. But sure. I feel like the old is a part of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, in the big picture, we talked about this a little bit, but the, I think there is a built-in element of a nostalgia to Star Wars. It, it, yeah. Going back to not even uh, A New Hope, but in 77, when it was just called Star Wars, mm-hmm. it still started with a long time ago. It invoked... Fantasy and invoked ancient stories that f- should feel familiar. Yeah. It had Luke Skywalker wanting to become a Jedi because of his father, because mm-hmm. of what had come before. It has that great music cue. Is is Obi wan says now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. That film is constantly reminding you yeah. that what came before is important. That everybody in the, the Imperials in the first half of the movie are like you can't do that. What about the Senate? And then halfway through the movie, the Senate's gone. It is concerned about the past from the beginning and
4: as uh, one of the reasons we know time and time again we hear these stories of white connected you're in this uh tour godfather chinatown french connection movie era gritty nixon's happening all those things and yeah lucas makes statements on those but he's he's doing what you just said remember back then Remember, (laughs) remember the serials yeah remember the thing that scrawled out on the screen every
1: saturday morning Here's that. Yeah. I got some things to say about current times, but here's that. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid and you used to, you know, pretend that you were a pirate with a sword? Well, uh... <laughs> I have something here in a trunk for you. It's a laser sword now, but it's that same feeling. Go back, go back. When star Wars was brand new, mm-hmm. when everything about when the aesthetic of it was an amazing breakthrough, mm-hmm. when the effects were amazing breakthrough, it still had nostalgia at its core. So uh, I think that that is a big part of like, when you're looking at how do we bring star Wars back? Yeah. That nostalgia is a part of it. I think that was at stake for force awakens. And I think it's going to be at stake in 2022 as well. Yes.
4: Absolutely. Uh, that's that's uh, the daunting task that we were just talking about, of, 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 of this is part of the core. We are, the, the core is the morality lessons, just speaking to 12-year-olds,
1: all that stuff, but also, yeah, yeah,
4: it's what came before. Yeah. It's all brand new. That's scary.
1: My final o- overall question before mm-hmm. we dive into some details is, uh, there is the financial side of it, too, mm-hmm. where the uh, the prequels made money, but there was a lot of uh, controversy about them. You're yeah. you getting the original cast back... A lot of people wanted to make sure that the general public knew hey it 's got that original trilogy feeling and flair. how important and uh i don 't know correct do you think it was to lean into some familiar with force awakens just financially brand building, which mm-hmm. you know they sound like gross words, but they 're necessary for things to be successful
4: that 's where I thought it was really just they did they did, they did such a good job with it because. Uh, prequel thing aside all that stuff but they had to sell everybody on the idea that Chewie were home and the look and feel and everything but I think people will discuss it went down fans maybe went down like oh yeah oh wait and then there's new things popping up that they didn't like or (laughs) didn't want to have and that's a different conversation but I I think it was a big hit I think I think that's where they succeeded more than anything of we understand we talk about 2015 Star Wars Celebration I do, and someone maybe could find pictures or proof, but I remember walking around and thinking the prequels weren't present a lot. Uh, it was just like, a, okay, we're not, Clone Wars may be a little different, but the prequels were not present in Anaheim 2015 as much as it was in Orlando, and definitely in Chicago, where we're celebrating Phantom Menace yeah. and the generation and Ahmed's coming back. So there was a, a, a decision. Going going to Iger taking over you know that book you know, taking over looks of, and, and the meetings with George. There's that little line of my my strategists my research showed what uh, not just what the movie did but the reviews. We looked at the reviews of the prequels. Yeah, so he says that in the book. He says that in the book, um, and that's the full context of that thing. Before you go making YouTube videos, people, um, <laughs> where that's what George we you you and all knew. And yeah, the well, prequels have some nostalgia yeah. grabs, but like we've got to, from a smart business sense, rebrand. Yeah. You had to, it was less of a reboot as a rebrand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that there is some reality to that, especially putting it in total mm-hmm. context. Uh, but we're going to now dive in and we're going to look at, uh, I think mostly from an artistic, uh, in storytelling standpoint, not as much of the, the branding yeah. or the financial That'll, that might come up, but we're going to look at it from more a storytelling perspective. Uh, I'm sure I missed some stuff, but I made a list of stuff that I think is new and stuff that I think is old, so let's dive into the specifics. The first thing I got on my list of the new is plot details. So right right in the beginning, we have something that I think is different in that the motivation for the film, the thing that makes it go, is the desire to find Luke. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose you could argue that the initial movement of A New Hope is trying to get to Obi-Wan. But it, I think it is much more about, you know, the information on yeah. R2. It, it's, it's about stopping the Death Star. That's yeah. the plot, right? That's the plot. And the plot of Force Awakens, Starkiller Base gets involved, but the plot is finding Luke. That's what the good guys yeah. and the bad guys are fighting over, right? Literally. Yeah. 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 So to you, does that, does that strike you as a, as a new thing? Like, it's literally the, the first thing of contact. Right, because it's in the opening crawl.
4: Uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker's vanishes this is the best sentence yeah. of opening crawl ever. Uh war is pretty good in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent new, and and it's easy to get lost again. You, yes, circular base, like you just said, it's the first order versus resistance, and those are familiar things. Yeah, Um uh, we can get We're gonna get into what JJ brought, why those are brought into the story. But yeah, the whole thing is a map to Skywalker. That's the story, and that is a a different engine than anything we had before because Obi Wan. You don't have t- you don't have time. If 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 episodes one, two and three had come out in order, yeah, then the search for Obi-Wan is similar. But it's not. The hero is vanished. And what a stunning way to start a story.
1: Yeah. And I think what's powerful about it is uh, Leia trying to deliver the Death Star plans to Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan can help with the destruction of the Death Star. That all yeah. makes it that's about destroying mm-hmm. the Death Star. Right. Luke being missing. In motivating a lot of uh, well, it's what the first order is is doing, right? Snoke's yeah. terrified of him, and he's terrified that there, he's gonna right. create more Jedi. That mm-hmm. he's the seed of the Jedi order. So, if you're looking at the sequel trilogy, is being about how the past impacts the present. Yeah, the fact that there's like we can't we none of us can move forward because this guy is so powerful. His shadow is so large. The resistance in the first order. Neither of us can move on with this inevitable conflict until we get this guy out of the way or on our side. Yeah, like we can't move forward unless we deal with Luke Skywalker. Is (laughs) it's it is both about nostalgia, but it is also a a totally new motivation. Let's talk about Luke Skywalker. Should have been the story.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Because again, Starkiller Base, we're going to talk about, but like. What does it keep coming back to? Snoke is kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Blow up, blow up the Republic. We, yeah, that's yeah, we're, cool. yeah let's take things over. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Skywalker, we can't have him found. Yeah, we got to get there first. Even in Last Jedi, I mean, raise there with Luke and she's thrown in Kylo's face and he, that's what still be, it's about that. But yeah. So it goes back. Yeah. And
1: that's what Kylo is, is actively running around and doing, right. He's trying to find uh, Luke Skywalker, the map to Skywalker, which is a map to Octo, not Mm. a literal map to Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, another plot detail that I think is Mm. new and different uh, is that the threat is in emerging force, you know, the first order, which actively destroys the existing government through violence. So, the prequel trilogy is the story of an existing government being corrupted from within and becoming something else mm-hmm. the story of the original trilogy is an existing government being evil and uh, a small rebellion rising up against it mm. this is a new state of the galaxy that there is a peaceful mm. if flawed government mm-hmm. and then this reemerging terror yeah. that nobody believes is really a problem and then wiping out the government, so it, yeah. there's just chaos.
4: And it is not as the first order cast as the rebellion. That is not what it is. This is in the classic sense. The bad guys yeah. are over here, and no one believes them. And the good guys, because we're building on a story that we are already familiar with. The the good guys are actually in this case the good the good gal Leia is going, hey. Remember when I helped save everything? (laughs) No one believes me. We'll find out later why the Vader thing, bloodlines, great Claudius, great stuff. But yeah, that right away, it's not just a simple role reversal because we're dealing with our heroes not there. Our hero grumpy and separated, and Han's off doing thing, and she's like, I I don't have any friends
1: now. Yeah, no. At the beginning, it it is sort of like you know Leia is crying wolf, like nobody believes me that this threat. Mm -hmm is as big as it is. Right. Uh, where, like, yeah, that's... Uh, everybody takes the Sith threat. The Jedi take the Sith threat real seriously from the get-go. Yep. In Phantom Menace, the Empire is an obvious threat. <laughs> Blowing up Alderaan, things like that. Uh, 20 years of, you know, yeah. uh, imperial tyranny. Um, how do you feel like the destruction of Hosnian Prime, Do you, I see that as something very new, because it is this... I think it's because the force awakens as much as it is looking back in many ways. Right. It was made in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I think we have, especially back in 2015 in the real world, have a little bit of, but it can't happen here mm-hmm. feeling. And I like that in the first half of force awakens, people are kind of like, Hey, we're, we're doing our things in first order of it. And then out of the blue, just total destruction, just total yeah. revelation that the threat was, Was so incredibly large. Yeah. And we didn't see it, believe it, prepare for it. The Hosnian Cataclysm. Um... I wish, this is where I
4: do wish the Corsella stuff, something some more hints, you know. Yeah. It, it works the way it is. But she goes and, to, and states Leia's claim and falls on deaf ears and look what happens. Tragedy. Uh, yeah, I think it is different once you dig in. This is one of those things where even I had to dig in. Where remember you know I, And I'll make fun of the Huck speech, but I remember when I had a, maybe the second or third time I saw the film, I had that realization of, oh, a lot of the questions I have about the, quote, state of the galaxy are delivered in that uh, Rick O'Leary memorial speech from yeah. Huck. <laughs> He's saying, you know, we're destroying the republic, the army, yep. the navy, whatever you want to say, the air force, all of all the military. Those ships. That's yep. what's going down. Yes, there's gonna be some stragglers and survivors, but they are taking out the heart of it, and now uh uh that the, that sets a little you know, resistance is on on its own, but everything. But that is that would be as if um I don't know what the, I'm trying to draw the, the, the claim, but uh, the same line. But if the if if in the first 30 minutes of star Wars, uh, the rebels blew up the death star and then we're dealing with the rest of it. You
1: know, <laughs> or Coruscant Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: That's good. That's probably better.
1: Yeah. 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 So to me, I, I think that is a, a new thing in, in structurally that, and, and it, it's been played out in the, in the books a lot. Yeah. Like you're, it's being roundly described in all of these great books as the Hosnian cataclysm. Yeah. Right. And the thing that people did not see coming, uh, any any other thoughts No, on that? I just had
4: – because I you know I remember at the time – and you'll still hear it, and this is why we're doing this episode – but like, oh, instead of blowing up one planet, they blew up five. Uh, oh, sure, Captain Cynical, that's what you want. <laughs> it wasn't just a – well, again, the First Order is a little bit of the Empire did it, and we can do it bigger and better, yeah. clearly. But again, the, that's where I – that's what I mean when I went back and listened to Huck's speech a little bit and go, oh, outside of the jokey little thing I had about on which we stand – No, he's basically saying we're we're not just doing five planets to show it. We're removing our threat. Our biggest threat is the Republic. It ain't Leia. Yeah. It's Luke, and the Republic ain't going to help Leia. Now we got to concentrate on Luke. It's all there is what I'm trying to say. You
1: know what? I think that's kind of new, too, because Hux in some ways is uh, young, not as uh, savvy Grand Moff Tarkin, right? Yeah. It, uh, or, yeah, you know, even some of the people in the Death Star briefing, right, that believe in the Death Star. Yeah. Right. And Hux believes in Starkiller Base. He believes in technology. And that's new that we get to see a little bit of that divide truly played out more than just the choking scene. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. New hope, uh, the whole Tag Mahdi argument. Mm. Um, but that we see Hux saying, like, I understand force guy kylo ren's running around the galaxy trying to wipe out his force uncle and you Mm -hmm. do all your weird force stuff but i have made a massive improvement on the death star yeah i believe in technology i believe in you know it's kind of rigidity that evil is represented as in star wars and i can use it to just wipe out the threat Mm -hmm. while we're waiting to find this boogeyman of luke Mm -hmm. skywalker Mm -hmm. that's a real to me that's new because it is real emphasizing that disconnect of like yeah. the fight between the technical and the force yeah. and i like it as a story of the reemergence of uh or a rebuilding mm-hmm. of the empire bigger and better of mm. that's a great picture of evil going oh the problem with our previous death balls is they were just not big enough <laughs> right that represents like yeah. an actual obsession uh, of a rigid mind yeah of like i'll build it bigger We'll have more starters for start. They'll be bigger too. Bigger and bigger the, you know. And to me, that's not a criticism. It's a it's a good picture of yeah. if you're gonna rebuild in a mighty armor army, and you're not too imaginative, you're just gonna go bigger. bigger. More uh let's get into probably one of the biggest <laughs> ones for new, which is characters. Yeah. Um so you got BBA. Mm-hmm. Astromech mm-hmm. droids have come before. That's a brand new design. Uh, you got Ray. You've had the force sensitive hero before. There's mm-hmm. some differences there. You got Finn, the uh, stormtrooper who ran away. Poe, the ace fighter pilot. Kylo Ren, Snoke, Maz Kanata, Hux himself. To you, uh, which characters feel vitally new and why?
4: First, that jumps off to me from that list is is definitely Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Uh, I still go back to; he's probably my. I not say that he's my favorite character, but I go to his stuff more. I, I think about him more in the sense of like what's going through his head, what's yeah. his end game. Whereas I'm I'm fascinated with Ray and protective of that <laughs> character but Kylo I go first and then Finn and and Finn you know I think uh, I remember Cassden saying like we've never seen this before we took off the stormtrooper mask and showed you ooh I don't want to be part of this anymore and what that means uh, that jumped off for me
1: yeah yeah um I think I I go to BB-8 just as design cuz yeah. literally that's one of the first things that we saw in that trailer right. that came out on Thanksgiving 2014 right yeah um in that it so looked exactly to me that cocktail of new and old that I love in Star Wars. Like, yes, that looks like Star Wars, but also nothing I've ever seen in Star Wars before. It has the personality and the humanity of droids of the past, but it's a dumb little rolling ball in the best way. I
4: think it. There's a reason BB-8 kind of stole the show. And we all and it was kind of leading. Follow me. We're kind of leading the marketing going into Force Awakens. Uh, There's a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, Not just the oranges that you could buy, but like the zero droid. Yeah. The zero droid. Bring it out because you're absolutely right. I'm going back to the day I watched it. My my assistant director, Jason's over my shoulder. He's a big Star Wars fan. And I, we take a busy Black Friday uh, holiday (laughs) break. And I said, the new video, the new Star Wars thing's up. Finn pops up, right? The voiceover Finn pops up. You're like, okay, cool, cool but we knew John Boyega got cast. Yeah. We've seen, okay. Yeah. We heard he's a stormtrooper. Got it. Uh, armor's a little different, but that's a storm. And all of a sudden this droid and I exactly, it was just like, "This is I've never seen this, <laughs> but that's an astromech droid. Yeah. Wow. And a big, big, big win right yeah. from the get go.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I would go to, to Kylo Ren as well. I mm-hmm. think, I think Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo is uh, just a fascinating character To take somebody uh, who can, in a joking way, reflect Mm -hmm. angry and entitled people. Mm -hmm. um, But to give him the haunting of, he is haunted by having it all. He's powerful in the light. He's powerful in the dark. He has uh, all of these people to look up to. And having everything has somehow destroyed him. And made him feel like he has no identity. And how complexly layered into The Force Awakens that is that you see him is like, oh, he looks like an avatar of Vader. He's the new Vader. But what is the first stuff that gets thrown at him is... Po, uh, well, yeah. actually, the very first thing is that Laura Santeca basically says, You are defined by your family. Yeah. I know who you are under that mask, and I you know you can't be who you claim you want to be yeah. because of your family. And Kylo Ren retorting, You're so right, meaning I chose Vader. Yeah. It's like to, to have somebody be so, so unable to identify themselves as an individual mm. because they are so defined by their parents mm-hmm. and their grandparents and their lineage. And, you know, next thing up, Poe makes fun of his mask. So you're right into that. Like, again, you gave yourself that mask to try to give yourself identity. Everybody who's talking to Kylo is trying to take his identity away. Yeah. I I love that you brought up the the, the Lord Santeca
4: thing, but also the Poe thing. Because that's the first, that was the first sigh of relief, like breath of fresh air. Like, it was just like... Okay, st- we're good. Star Wars, is Star back. Wars, Star Wars is going to be okay. <laughs> um, cause as much as I love the prequels, I, you know, I told you, I was sitting there in Phantom Menace going, oh, oh something's different, something's different. The, 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 the from the opening two lines of Landing on Naboo, I'm like, something's a little different. This one, I was like, okay, whew, I can breathe. But. You got to dig into that moment. Literally, the villain and all the marketing is just got made fun of and undercut. And so you can go, oh, well, that's not good. You know, it makes our villain weak. No, that that shows you that the villain is wrestling with something entirely different. Yeah. Anything we've dealt before. And that's and that is carried out. And that's why I love The Last Jedi stuff. But I'm just trying to focus on Force Awakens here. And that's why I go to the interrogation scene and and his his hair that we all kind of laughed at at first. If you stopped watching that there and you stopped on that surface, you're missing so much wonderful stuff with Kylo everything you just talked
1: about. Yeah, he's so haunted. It's so new. Uh, You know, I would say that Poe gets short shrift for being new. Poe is basically like if mm. Wedge was a major part of the original trilogy, right? Yeah. Like you, you can compare him to like, oh, he's got those great kind of flippant lines like Han Solo. He's got that Han Solo uh, swagger. He is a flyboy like Han Solo, yeah. but also like Han's a smuggler. Yeah. Poe's a uh, what do they describe him in, in? He's like he's of the victory baby. Oh uh, uh, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. he's grown up. Yeah, also idolizing his parents who are part of the rebellion one of his parents was in you know right an amazing uh fighter pilot yeah, yeah you know and he was part of the whole uh actual you know republic right and it was in the republic uh, military yeah republic military so this is that's his the, he's a pilot yeah that's his thing and then he that gets challenged if can you be a leader as well and we get to talk about that a lot yeah. uh in, in upcoming stuff but just starting with like what if a pilot was one of the main characters and everything that a pilot represents.
4: It's a great point because going into it, what do you think? Naturally raise our Luke. We got, uh, Finn's a little new, but, but pose our Han Solo. We heard that a lot. He's like our Han Solo. Exactly what you described. If, 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 if it was Han Solo at the beginning, of new hope is like, I'm here for the rebellion. And I'm sticking around for the rebellion because that's what I like. Is <laughs> that's fighting how fighting. Yeah, I those was bad born guys. Into this, yeah, that's not Han Solo as we know. Instead, that, that is foe, uh, foe, Poe, Finn, and Poe, foe. Um, <laughs> you doing some shipping? Doing there. some shipping. Uh, yeah, that's that's again, and that's why this we're having this conversation. But that's why if you stop at a certain point, if you stopped at the marketing, you might think Poe is just Han Solo. No, he's not. Yeah. Does have a cool jacket.
1: And I I do want to uh, talk about Ray for a moment. This whole episode could have been, you know, what's different about these characters. But uh, I think there are some surface level similarities. We'll talk about the desert Mm -hmm. planet. But I think she starts in The Force Awakens in an essentially different place than Mm -hmm. Anakin or Luke. Anakin is, yeah, he's got a rough life. He is a slave, but he has his mother, who is one of the most amazing, supportive, kind, great characters Mm -hmm. of -hmm. Star Wars. Uh, and then, so he, he wants to get free and he has a dream to become a, a Jedi and go see all the the stars. Like he wants to get off planet. Mm. He wants to have this other life. Um, and then the same thing with Luke, like Luke's got Luke dreams of getting away. Yeah. But Luke has loving parent figures Yeah, and his aunt and uncle. His friends are leaving now, but he grew up with some buddies. He had fun in his (laughs) T 16, uh, bullseyeing. Womp rats, like in the Imperial battle, he's aware of it, but it's kind of far away. Like Luke is more like the, I grew up on a remote farm and I want to go to the, I want to go to the big city and Anakin's like, I grew up rough, but I had a mother who protected me and eventually I want to go out there. Ray is, Mm. I grew up with no one, Mm. not even fully comprehending why Mm. I was left alone, fighting to survive my entire life. I'm not dreaming of going anywhere. Yeah. I'm dreaming of the people I love to come back to me. Yeah. To me, that is an essential difference. There there are similarities with Anakin Luke, and there are supposed to be. But just from that perspective of I grew up a fighter. I grew up looking out for the underdog and the the little guy like BB8 with his bent antenna, because mm. that's what I am. Yeah. And that's what I've been my entire life and I'm not fascinated with the stars. Yeah. I just want someone else to come and live in this belly of this ad with me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the next time I mark a day, it's not alone. Like yeah. that's essentially different in and, and informs all of her conflicts going forward.
4: Absolutely. There there's the idea of of Luke staring out on the twin sons and and you break it down, it it is it is a lot. It's what connect with a lot of us of I feel I'm made for something bigger and better. I don't know if I can get there, but I, I think deep down, I know, I know I have something more to do. Yeah. Which is different. Anakin, by the way, is like, yeah, I'm having uh, dreams of, uh, uh, you know, uh, liberating entire planets <laughs> and that I'm a great warrior. And by the way, I'm the best damn pod racer around. Yeah. Starts from a different point of view. Ray's very much, it's, it, you have to kind of get down into the, to the micro level of the character, because on the surface, yes, she is our inter- she is our, our hero going on that journey, and it's easy just to be like, "Yeah, desert planet." We'll talk about that, but hundred percent, a hundred percent, it is that place in the story that, that that motivates her and drives us and 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 scares her, and I think it's still going on. Yeah, because she. She knows she's good at things. I've survived. I'm a scavenger. I can fight. Just look what she does there. I, I'm pretty good on my own. Um, I just, I just, I guess I don't belong anywhere and I just want to belong somewhere. Oh, by the way, you, you probably more. I don't want to be more. I don't want to be more. Yeah. I want to go, I want to go home and I want friends. I want my family. Nope. You got to go forward. I don't want to. And now I'm alone. Now I think what we're going to, now we're going to nine stuff. I left, and I know now. I know I'm more. Now I have a responsibility, and I like the responsibility. But now I still feel as
1: alone as I did on the. At, Could uh, someone help tell me what I'm supposed <laughs> yeah, to yeah. do with this? Because, like, yeah, she's still. It's like Kayla says. She's yeah. still waiting for some idea of parents. Again, the yeah. shadow of past to come home. Yeah, I think uh, uh, in a real simple terms, Anakin and Luke are both looking outward, and Ray is in many ways looking yeah. inward. And I think that is an essential difference. I've read some great essential. things about looking at her character from uh, more specific uh, uh, hero arcs that uh, mm. are traditionally
5: women-led
1: mm. hero arcs. Kay. And there's a lot of interesting reading to be done uh, uh, about that and how that informed the sequel trilogy in different people's analysis. But I do think Ray is different. Yeah. All right, should we move on? Absolutely, yeah. if we want to finish this week. <laughs> Locations. So Jakku, desert planet, yeah. but... The Graveyard is new. Mm-hmm. The idea of a graveyard of a, a, a battle from the era, before era. Uh, Dakar is a new planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, up for debate how much new we get out of Dakar. Mm-hmm. Donna and Maz's castle are, are new, but also, again, have fallen into the criticism of uh, being similar to the cantina scene in A New Hope. Uh, Starkiller base, same thing. Uh, it's new, but it uh, gets uh, criticized for comparison to Death Star, and then we do get a little brief glimpse brief. of octu Yeah. So, out of all of the locations, mm-hmm. w- which do you feel is new? I got. I
4: honestly got to tell you, it's <laughs> for me, it's Jakku. Uh, yeah, I remember we all thought you know, going going back to the Finn popping up his head. Oh, we're on Tatooine, as if there's not more sand dunes <laughs> in the galaxy. I was. When, when we found out it was a different planet, it was like, you could be cynical, another desert planet, but I did that, that, that. Or it was Tatooine with a different Ta- name for Tatooine, some reason. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is Plagueis' staff, by the way? Um, <laughs> the, when, when you know, we, when I realized it was the graveyard, it, it excited me because here's what I immediately thought, oh, what happened there? We're going to find out about some great battle that happened after Endor. Is that what I'm hearing? Like I was immediately intrigued by that. And, and then. You couldn't escape the imagery of of everything you knew uh, we we knew and watched was is on the ground exploded and destroyed yeah and and we're all living in it going back to your opening themes I I still think it's the, it's the most new it just looks probably the most similar
5: yeah
1: <laughs> the sand dunes make it look similar but it's not only that the graveyard is new it's it's a new way to be about something old but it also starts us off by introducing us to this exotic world with a strange economy yeah. where it's not just the old stuff is there. It's like you're literally surviving off of picking the bones of the old <laughs> and selling them <laughs> to a weird alien. Yeah. For portions, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and the whole portions thing felt new and cool yeah, to me yeah. too. Cause like that's a whole new economy yeah. and kind of, it'd been mentioned to other places, but sort of scavenger being a class in star Wars the same way, like smuggler. Right. In pilot, are different kind of character types that all felt new to me and came from the Mm. graveyard of Jakku. Mm -hmm. Any other locations that you want to touch on, or Uh,
4: I mean, Octo is—I mean, it's—I love Octo. I just love love it. And this is our technical, you know, our technical introduction to it. Obviously, Last Jedi pops in more. Um, The other stuff is fine. Circular base, we'll talk about later. Later, but um, yeah, you could. Jakku Drums. I like Master's Castle.
1: Yeah. I like playing in it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't feel it's new, play Battlefront 2 yeah. a little bit more in Sagata. Yeah. More room to run around than shalman's Cantina. Design elements, ships, uh, creatures, uh, all that kind of stuff I'd I lump together. For the new, I would say definitely Kylo's Cross Saber. Yeah. Uh, the Rathtars. Definitely are a new creature, a new design, whether you like them or not. Yeah. Better or worse. Uh, better or worse. Ray's speeder is an evolution, right? Yeah. There's nothing else that looks like a giant, um, popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, Abed Neto aliens, which right. are everywhere now, very popular. Uh, maz's castle creatures uh that in fact has been a criticism on the other side that there weren't enough legacy aliens that it wasn't full of (laughs) rodians and Trandosians and Athorian's and duros it was all new um the first order shuttles are a new design the irvana uh the ship Mm -hmm. that han and shui are on all new designs um yeah so for you what pops in the design ships creatures weapons sort of uh category i
4: i think uh, kylo's lightsaber i've always been just a fan of uh, and i know it created quite a hubbub but it was it was yeah it's wonderfully different but also the same i i really do like i really like ray's speeder i have that black series uh the the, the big oh, one God, on the display yeah. again going to the bb8 thing it, it just made me feel so comfortable uh and yeah it does look like a little fudgesicle that you could uh, i used to love as a kid absolutely yeah. eh, whatever um it i i felt very comfortable that I was going to get a star Wars that I loved, you know, again, we'll see how it plays out. All the stuff I was thinking in, in 2014. But when I saw that, I went, they got it. They got the aesthetic, but it looks something brand new that I can collect and put on my shelf, which guess what I did.
1: Yeah. So I, I yeah. went to
4: those two first.
1: Yeah. I, I feel the same thing about race. Peter I had the same reaction to it in that trailer that I did to BB eight of like that looks so different, mm-hmm. but so star Wars, Uh, I know I'm, I am one of the few, one of the lonely, the fans of the Wrath Tars. Uh, I love how they're used in the movie to give it this jolt of, um, serialized adventure Mm -hmm. out of the fire into the, out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, and I do like their design because they, it is trying to be different. Mm -hmm. And I I understand that we have now had since 77 decades of, Exotic, bizarre worlds with unseen, unheard of things. So, so it does. Is your frequent complaint that they look like they might be from the Men in Black universe? (laughs) But within Star Wars, to me, I see, I see Lovecraft. They're rolling balls of teeth, tentacles, and hate, and uh, or Mad Balls from the eighties. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Here's the thing. This is when you hear me uh, on this or other shows say, "Ah, it's all about the execution." This is it. If you had shown me the design on paper for me, and I would would probably, Men in Black, I I, would have, I would have been like, cool, but. I just, the sequence itself, and not even the sequence itself, because it's got some great Haunt stuff. Yeah. I like a lot of it. Um, I just think how the CGI came out, and that's a blanket complaint that, that doesn't necessarily hold water in a lot of other places. But
1: I'll, that, that's why I didn't go to it. But yeah. as far as the design, I can get behind it. A big yeah. mouthball. A big mouthball with extra tentacles. Yeah. And Kylo's Saber, I'm on record. It's on my uh, album, uh, Rebel mm-hmm. Scum, that I wasn't sure about it when yeah. I saw it in the trailer because I thought it was maybe going to be. Like, hey, Darth Maul had a double bladed lightsaber, so we need a different one. Yeah. But it fits with his character so much. And I have yeah. really loved, to uh, have come to love it because its design makes thematic character storytelling sense. Yeah. It's not just because mm-hmm. we need another lightsaber that's different.
4: The the lightsaber itself, it's so funny to look back and and remember, it created quite a kerfuffle.
1: It did.
5: Yeah,
4: that's why it's on my album, because I
1: made a joke calling it, uh, because people were calling it the trisaber, and I made a a joke going, is it the trisaber or the trying-too-hard saber? And people got so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's it's so and uh, I don't agree with myself anymore I love it now well that's a hey. look hey guess
4: what you can grow as fans no here's what I think this is this this lightsaber to me is is all of Force Awakens and the complaints of it being the same thing in a nutshell or or the complaints of it uh, not eh, it's just uh, they're trying too hard to give us something new all of it rolled into one uh, because it is it is uh, oh another guy with a cool lightsaber we went through Darth Maul and uh, then it is like it's stupid because, uh, it's got the, the, the blade and it wouldn't work fun. Remember all those, it wouldn't work functionally type thing. Oh yes. But the moment, and I was like, oh, all right, I'm on board with it. I, I can't remember exactly what I said, uh, if I super loved it or super was dubious. I don't know. I just, I remember thinking, yeah, yeah. But when, when it started to emerge that, um, he, the, the, that was vents because the stable, the, the crystal was unstable. And then that's why it looks a little different. Yeah, That was our first indication of what was going on in the character. So it's it's a lesson of, hey, if you slow down and look a little deeper, yeah, you might find the true meanings of things in Force Awakens. Give it
1: a chance. Yeah, yeah. and you get Obi-Wan Kenobi's great line in Battlefront, too. That looks like a child made it. <laughs> uh, any other designs that, 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 that jump out at you?
4: Uh, no, the First Order Shuttles, everything that was so similar but different. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: on board for all of it. I'll give a shout out to, uh, yeah, like, I think Maz's castle, the actual creatures, I think there's a ton of great design. I love the mm-hmm. combination of Grumgar, the uh, costume oh, design yeah. of uh, uh, Basine. Yeah. Um, I I know other people are on the fence. I love that there's some aliens who are just kind of large bugs yeah. because that harkens back. <laughs> to Star Wars tradition. It's a Star Wars tradition. So again, uh, the new is reflecting the old, but uh, mm-hmm. I like it. All right. Moving on to music. So yeah. there is. I, I did a little bit of a deep dive because I'm not always yeah. um, the the biggest. Uh, the mo- I'm certainly not the most knowledgeable about music, but yeah. Ray's theme that's of course huge. Jedi steps, which involves Ray's theme, uh, March of the Resistance and March of the First Order slash Kylo's theme mm-mm, are mm-mm, new. Yeah, and they summon up. When you first hear them, you're like, eh, "Star Wars music," but yeah. then, like, no, 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 that's new. Um, mm-hmm. It again, it involves old themes and all that, uh, and then, of course, you got uh, the the music from Maz's Castle, Jabba Flow, and mm. Dope dupa Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, for you, out of all this stuff that is new. What speaks to you in Je- the music? Jedi Steps is still uh, it
4: might be my favorite piece of Star Wars music, but I've listened to it so much, it's also my alarm for most of my my days that it's <laughs> lost the impact. I almost yeah. have to take it off the playlist. Ray's theme has become so powerful to me. The march I just hummed the March of Resistance because yeah. I just remember thinking after Force Awakens, like ah, oh, didn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of like good memorable themes. I think I was on record saying that, and then it just off time. It's like oh no, oh no, they're there. Uh-huh. You just have to wait for the new normal to seep into your blood. Yeah. I've grown up with the Imperial March. Yeah, and that's the thing.
1: Is like It has a deep cultural, yeah. you know.
4: It's there. And, and it, look, by the way, Imperial March, I mean, that's like John Williams' hit single that he had trouble. You know, you just how are you going to recapture that? Oh, he did it with Duel of the Fates. How are you going to recapture that? Yeah, maybe there's not that in The Force Awakens, a hit single. Yeah. But I think the music is even better yeah. than some of the stuff. though. Again, I actually really love Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. Yeah. So I went to the Jedi steps, man. Okay.
1: Yeah. In, in Jedi steps and Ray's theme, obviously are there, they're, they're mm. uh, tied, but Ray's theme, I remember being in the, mm. in the theater and just blown mm. away by that. Mm. Um, honestly, all of Ray's intro that day in the life, mm. along with that music, just telling us mm-hmm. she is sad, but hopeful and it's so spare, which reminds yeah. you that she's alone and it is just mm-hmm. beautiful and haunting music in that whole scenario to get that sort of day in the life, get that a little bit with Luke purchasing yeah. the droids, but that's yeah moving yeah, yeah. the plot too. And this is just showing us who she is yeah. and how she lives day to day. yeah. And the music is doing a big part of that. And it, it all ties into a just huge newness to me. Um, he said great things about March of the resistance. The first order Kylo's theme, I didn't realize how much that had uh, just seeped into me. Yes. Of giving me a sense of dread mm-hmm. of like, oh, no, an awful thing is going to happen. Yeah. Both the March of the Resistance and the March of the First Order are a little slower marches. So it's getting you to that, like something's coming.
4: As opposed to like the Imperial March is literally the sound of the Empire taken over the galaxy, right? Yes, it pops we are up.
1: stepping on your head. Boom,
4: boom, and that's how it's introduced with the Superstar Star Destroyer flying over the Star Destroyers you felt you already knew how big they were. Nope, yeah. this is big. So it's a different feel and that's if you're not immediately you know, if you're waiting for the, if you're waiting for the march the yeah. Imperial March, you're not getting that. You're getting what you just yeah. say. Anytime you hear it, if you took all the dialogue out you know that evil has arrived. Yeah. It is a. It is almost more like Vader's... Um, a uh, Music cue in, in A New Hope. Yeah, and it connects it's more, like more that to that swell,
1: yeah. swelling anger. It's more yeah. that like it, it, the threat that you don't quite realize is there, but yeah. you hear those ominous horns mm-hmm. coming, and you're like, "Oh man, here we go!" And it, and it works. You're so right to say like it just kind of seeped in. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so uh, one of our final categories in newness uh, Force powers. Yeah, That's a big blatant on the surface new thing. We see uh, Kylo freeze the blaster bolt mm-hmm. uh, We see him both freeze Rey's body and then do that little hand swipe where he seems right. to knock her out uh, Mind probe invasion has definitely been in Star Wars before, but this is a very advanced mm-hmm. version of it uh, uh, with actually fighting back and forth. And then, you know, I don't know if it's a force power, we don't know what it is, but the whole Force Vision from Ray touching the saber—yeah, whether that's an ability that she has, whether that's something that the Kyber crystal is doing—but mm-hmm. that Force Vision has relationships to Dagobah Cave and, yeah. and Anakin's visions. But that was also new. Yeah. So, out of all that sort of Force stuff, what what grabs you?
4: I, I got to tell you, I love um, I love all of it. I, the, the blaster bolt just right away was that, oh, wow, <laughs> kind of feel. Uh,
1: it like, yeah, is great. Total nerd town.
4: Yeah, and it, it the, the enhanced mind invasion, I love that scene. I, I probably uh, talked too much about that scene, but I do love that scene. Uh, and I, I really do love all these. It was very clear. Every one of them was new, and it was exciting. I love new force powers. I love them in Last Jedi defend him to my bitter end, and I'm going to love what I hopefully will see in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It should not be, I don't don't like the
1: force power manual idea of we've never seen that before. If it's not in a drop down menu on a video game, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I I like that it can be anything, and I like that different schools, in different different people would have different strengths, different schools of thought would be like, oh, this is how you can master that, or if you're on the dark side, like, this isn't right, it shouldn't be done, so you almost have to fight Yeah, the force to make it bend to your will and do something that doesn't, you know, yeah, all Mm -hmm. sorts of different uh, interesting ideas about how these would Mm -hmm. would come about. And yeah, the the freezing the blaster bolt is just cool. Yeah. Yeah, It was I mean I have I have like pose reaction. Yeah. I love pose reaction like oh, looking yeah, oh, at it like oh. oh boy this is what we're in for. Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. In the Force Vision, the idea that the saber, the kyber crystal within mm. could call to somebody, when yeah, yeah. Maz explicitly says, it calls mm. to you. Uh yeah. we we didn't get a chance to talk about Maz much, but uh mm-hmm. anyway. We will move on because this <laughs> episode is already going to be our record breaker. Mm-hmm. The last thing in my list of newness, mm-hmm. not nudeness, newness, mm-hmm. nudeness. the ending. So, yeah. especially when this movie gets compared to it's just a new hope. Mm. Like Vader is the bad guy of a new hope. Yeah, he gets spiraled out of, yep. you know, the battle by by the Falcon. Mm-hmm. This is the, the new hero, Ray, definitively yeah. beating the new villain, right? Yeah. He he's on the ground bleeding, wounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it ends on not a, hey, they had a celebration. It ends on, as Mark Hamill has joked, a literal cliffhanger of, yeah. what in the hell is going to happen next? So I feel like those two components of the end mm-hmm. are very new. Very new, and that to me is still the
4: best ending in any Star Wars movie. And where it goes after that, might determine what you feel about that ending now, uh and, you know, what you feel about where it goes. Um, uh, but I still I just the Je- and the Jedi steps yeah. and everything about it and, and Ray going up and and not knowing that it isn't a medal for killing Stark blown up Star Killer Base. Ray didn't do that, you know, yeah. by the way. Um Poe, that our new flyboy boy hero, uh Han is dead. Like everything about it, it it was not just big big killer ball blown up medals handed out and and gosh I just love I just sometimes put in the ending
1: yeah it's so powerful handing that climbing those steps and handing that lightsaber uh to Luke and asking him to take it which connects back to what is new in the, the first new thing yeah this is all about finding Luke this is all about dealing with the past and with that we are gonna take a break and we will deal more with the past And we are back to talk about the old, the classic. What is uh, older or familiar Mm -hmm. in uh, The Force Awakens? We talked about a lot of the new things we loved. Uh, We might love some of the old things. We might be critical of some of the old things. Mm -hmm. So let's dive in. Let's go to one of the biggest ones. Tried to kind of mirror the list of new, the Mm -hmm. list of old. So plot details. Yeah. Uh, What I think is similar is that we do have a a young dreamer. Mm Mm-hmm. On a desert planet that happens upon a droid containing vital information and goes on an adventure to return it to heroes. Uh, she meets an old mentor. Uh, at some point, they go to a cantina together. (laughs) Uh, the mentors die, and uh, eventually, she does answer the hero's call, Hmm. getting the saber and you know, listening to the force. I think could be argued to have some similarity to Luke listening to Obi Wan and and letting the force guide his. Yeah, his his shot. um, That might diverge a little bit, but yes, I think structurally, while there's definitely new in the plot, there are some things that are explicitly. Oh yeah, this is similar to A New Hope. Very much so, and
4: I'm okay with it because I, I don't know. It's just basic three act screenwriting structure. Doesn't mean you can't change it up. Doesn't mean you can't do five acts. Doesn't mean all things. But I don't know. I guess i i wasn 't surprised, yes there 's some beats. I remember thinking, oh wow, the droid a droid 's got the plans, like um again, going to monster 's castle is almost beat for beat, I get that I get it i I guess it 's not that I saw it i didn 't have a it was didn 't have a negative reaction to some of that it 's just that i just didn 't know i wasn 't expecting anything else in a good way, meaning this is the story of a new hero. Most heroes in these big pictures and these three-act structures start like this. Yeah. They're not, they're not, their old life is torn up. Everything they know is changed, and they're out on the adventure. That is how these movies often work until you get to the second, third, fourth, fifth chapter. So. Uh, it's very similar. And then hearing some of J.J.'s stuff now, of like, yeah, you know, I kind of work within certain frameworks of what was Star Wars, and we had to, you know, they had to reintroduce it. Yeah. There's a new eight-year-old. I was seven so. There's a new seven or eight-year-old going, this is me leaving my land. Like, you need that in a way in these stories. Right,
1: right. And and I would argue... For my own two cents, the comparisons are like, yeah, absolutely. Han structurally follows some of the beats of Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. He's the guy who tells them, like, yep, this is how the galaxy actually works. This is, there's this whole force thing. It's real. Um, And quick, quick bond between Rey and Han, just like Luke and Obi-Wan. And then, you know. Screaming and in pain and agony when watching your hero fall to a red blade—all that stuff is very similar. But if you look at it from the perspective of you go back to A New Hope and go, Han Solo is playing the Obi Wan Kenobi role. Yeah, that's new because that shows all of this growth and change of who Han is. Yeah, right. That he's the one he believes who believes, uh, and that he is the one who could be. A mentor and mm-hmm. could be a, a guide, not the brash young hero anymore. Right. All yeah. new. Yeah. So all that, new from the old. <laughs> all new from the old. How do you feel about the uh, about the sort of answering the hero's call moment of similar between Ray taking up the saber, unlocking her abilities the same way Luke does by taking out the Death Star?
4: completely fine with it i mean i it, it's, it, it's pretty straightforward for me again this is i just enjoyed it i was on board with this character um could she have been a jedi already and this something i guess i guess i just don't think you need someone to introduce you to this new world and it was a new world and 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 i just so in love with how they did it that i would never question that it was the same yeah i needed it to that it it, 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 it for me tick that box it Yeah, didn't
1: tick yours fair enough yeah i think for me the and as you were saying answering the hero's call like first denying it mm-hmm. and then answering it is a big part of yeah. just storytelling especially this kind of mythic storytelling mm-hmm. and luke does that by basically saying like i i can't get involved it's also far away from here and yeah. everyone's saying that's fine but then once he's on board he's kind of on board and moving forward, yeah. and I feel like the hero's call is more specific in the Force Awakens, where like the lightsaber is like, pick me <laughs> the hell up, and Rey's literally like, I don't want that. Yeah, to the point where she is motivated to reach out for it and fight yeah. Kylo over it, and yeah. it, it comes to her the specificity of denying and then answering that call being tied up into the actual reception of the saber. Yeah. And then we end by her trying to give it away again. <laughs> like all that is is a little bit yeah. more complicated. Yeah. yeah. To me. Uh so one of the most obvious plot de- plot details that is classic. <laughs> yeah. Blowing up a planet killing weapon, the Star Killer Base, to the point where they make jokes about it in the movie, right? Like, it's yeah. the Death Star with a bit bigger. There's always a way to blow it up. Yeah. All that. How do you feel about the, that perhaps one of the biggest similarities that there is a third planet killing yeah. a circular it, death ball. It works for me now more in the sense of, you know, the first
4: order is going to do it bigger and better. Even the ATM six is later on in last Jedi. Like what were ours? Aren't going to fall by speeders. They're too big
1: to fall. They've got razors on the legs. Yeah, now. Uh
4: I like all that. I can get behind what we talked about earlier of what it does. The Hosnian um uh stuff is, is, is a little different. Um, I, I, at the time, it was okay. You even have X Wings going down a trench. You had the, you had the plan. You had the hologram, like I saw in Return of the Jedi. Very similar. I remember discussing with my friend Scott Mance, who's more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan, but he's just like, ah, oh, man, they just kind of bummed me out. They went, they went for the same thing. And I can't even escape that feeling now. I don't know what replaces it. I don't know how you take out the New Republic, but. Because it's not it's not essential to the plot as as as, as the Death Star is right. Mm-hmm. Um, the first order, the even yeah, I get I get the Starkiller base. You know we're the next target. All right, I get that there's that ticking clock. And it's the same as the it's Death the Star clearing the planet. It's all there, so I have no problem with it. I wouldn't have minded something different, and that's me being very honest with myself. You know, I wouldn't have minded. Uh, you know.
1: I just don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what. I think it's a. I think the similarity can be a valid criticism. I have come to like it because I like that rigidity and that mm-hmm. lack of imagination of we'll yeah. build a bigger one. Yeah, uh, you know, and we we still don't know all of the truths of of Starkiller Base. Um, but I also. It, and it—it's it, a different kind of metaphor. The Death Star was just like a ball that floated in space. Yeah. It's a—it's a pretty striking, uh, but obvious metaphor of like we literally suck the light out to the point where it's—it's yeah. it's getting dark when Han dies and Poe's mm-hmm. literally got that. I'm paraphrasing, but as long as there's light, we—we we can yeah. still fight, you know. So it—it it provides that more than anything structurally. The sequel, the entire sequel trilogy, gave itself the huge challenge of saying the older generation and the new generation are both going to have their own stories. So we are telling more stories per character. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan doesn't have his own arc in a new hope the way Han Solo does. Right. Um, And so the Starkiller base, I think provides moments of heroism for many of our characters. It it gets to show Finn being deeply connected to Ray and just wanting to go there to rescue her her gets Han to complete this arc of like the galaxy is depending on us mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have destroyed it. They wouldn't have got to do that trench run if Han hadn't done that. Right. But then Poe also gets to do the triumphant. So you you get a lot of narrative and character storytelling out of it. Yes. And I feel like if you're, you're laying out a plot and you want all those things, you need all those things to serve all of these characters having their own story they come more to one point, they come to one point. How's a way that here we can show all these truths about these characters. Hmm. You know, if you're just, if you're making up a weapon, maybe it does make sense to just have something that's a little bit more in universe. Yeah.
4: Yeah. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm at a point where it doesn't bother me anymore, more, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause it isn't like it just, so the force awakens is about so much, Else yeah. than this. So I, I, I really like what you're saying of like when you're actually physically sitting down with a story. Yeah. How do you do it? You know, even the grabbing from the sun was very legends like, which I don't really like. You know, Sun Crusher comes to mind, all these yeah. other things. And I know there were some differences between the Sun Crusher and this. But um, yeah, so that wasn't my favorite either. Uh, um, Unintentionally comical at some way, But again, it serves the point. What you just said. That's why, yeah. as we go back to Kylo's lightsaber, if you dig, there's more. Poe literally going, Well, there's light in the galaxy. Yeah. We will be the spark
1: Yeah, that will light the fire. <laughs> yeah. So we'll there's connect. a lot of things I like about it. I will say that, yeah, I do understand. I was shocked when I saw it on the poster. We, and we, because like growing up as, a, mm-hmm. as an 80s kid, right? It was, that was one of the big complaints, Return of the Jedi. Like, why do they just build another yeah. Death Star? Yeah. Uh, which if you weren't alive then that was a complaint that people yeah. talked about. Um, <laughs> so moving on, uh, to other plot de- details, this one for me, and when I was putting a lot of these together, it was like, this is, does this go in the new or the old category? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so one of the plot details, I- I- the essential ones is that the heroes of the past are myths and legends. Luke yeah. Skywalker is literally a myth when they meet Han Solo and go, this is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You're the, you know, uh, the general the famous general eh. yeah. um all that is uh i feel like that's old because yeah. obi-wan is a legend of the past in a new mm-hmm. hope the jedi and the force jedi, are kind of yeah. a legend of the past that the rebellion is yeah. clinging okay, okay. to uh yeah the the your father who was actually a jedi knight like so i don't I i can't say it's new but i feel like it's so different is a plot point because we as an audience have that relationship yeah. with the myths of the past that the, the young people don't. Yeah. That like, well, we, we have both relationships. We're like, yes, Luke Skywalker is a myth. Yeah. And yeah, of course Han, when Han says, yeah, I knew him. We're like, yeah. yeah. Remember when he said goodbye on Hoth? That was awesome. I he came <laughs> back together and job was like we right. both, they're both myths and yeah. we know them intimately. So mm-hmm. like we, the audience have this relationship with that idea of them as myths. That's just really powerful and complicated.
4: Yeah. And and again, this is one of the things where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's so similar and that's what it needed to be, which is why I, I, you know, I love the choice to push these legends, these legend characters, not from legends, but legendary characters into this myth, into not the back part of, not the backdrop of the story, but we have to deal with them different. They are not front and center. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I sometimes go, man, we didn't get Luke, Han, and Leia in one final scene together. And I, and I do want that. But I, I, this is me personally, would not trade that moment for what I got with these characters. You out there listening are are probably, a lot of you are probably different about that. They couldn't have found one way to do it. Like, yeah. I get it. But it all is to me worth Luke on a hill. Um, But so it's, it is similar. It is how it's supposed to be. It is Obi Wan talking about the, clone wars and your father and all these things in the past because it helps it serves the character at the front of the story which is young luke at that time yeah now it's these ones
1: yeah i guess that's an example of the uh the old that i like the Mm -hmm. to me there's a a good poetry of in a new hope luke being told obi-wan's version of the truth of who his father was right And then you compare that to the new incarnation of that where Kylo Ren is staring at his grandfather's helmet, trying to be like the same person, but this different version of the same (laughs) person, right? Like where Luke is like, I was presented with this noble idea of who my father, Anakin Skywalker was. And that's going to motivate me. And then you catch up with Kylo and like, I was lied to. We don't know that in the movie. Yeah. But I, my my grandfather was Vader, and I've yeah. got his helmet, and I want to be like him. <laughs> That's great uh, Star Wars poetry to me. Yeah. Mm. All right, so characters. Obviously, we had a return of some of the classics. That's one of the things that people wanted the most of this movie. You got Han Solo, Leia, Luke, sort of. Uh, you got your Nine numb, You got your Admiral Ackbar, Chewie, 3PO, R2. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't... Uh, I'm trying to, yeah. trying to think if there's any other major characters uh of the past um so out of these old characters being there Mm -hmm. what what spoke to you the most is it the the myth of luke is it the consistency of Leia still just in there Mm -hmm. doing the hard work that somebody has to do is it that Han kind of has to re re set his hero's journey and revisit some of his deepest challenges. The the new out of this this old is is taking all these characters that I loved and then
4: going, hey, life happened to them too, and I am just continuously uh, intrigued and learn new things by going back and seeing, particularly Han in Force Awakens. That it wasn't General Han leading uh, leading troops to battle. Uh, you know, he's not the one leading the, the 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 rescue on Takadana. He's being rescued because his life is. Uh, you know, there's some things have gone wrong. I'm just in, increasingly more interested by that. Yeah, but that comes out of the old. That's that's another way of. Yep, these are the old characters, but we have a new take on them. Yeah, versus they're just in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon doing what they did 30 <laughs> years ago.
1: Yeah. I think it it takes them out of being just fantasy characters. And I know Mm -hmm. there's some people who are like, hey, I like that Return of the Jedi is happily every after. And that's why I want them to live in in my mind and and all respect to the Mm. people who feel that way. But I feel like by revisiting them, they're still fantasy characters. They're still myths and legends, but they are a little bit more real. Yeah. That that they are a reminder also that these battles happen the battles against good and in darkness that you know maz kanada lays out Mm -hmm. happens again and again and it's gonna affect them it's gonna keep affecting them and honestly han's journey of i don't i don't want to get involved all right i'll get involved i i I don't Don't want to try to open up to my son yeah but that's of course what i need to do that's my biggest challenge it's always been my biggest challenge is letting people in I'm going to go for it. I, I I just think it's it's beautiful myself.
4: Well, these and these old characters are haunted by the past as well. They live in, in the shadows of the past too and 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 pff, it's just again way more interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any deep thoughts on Nine Number Admiral Akbar before we move on? Ha, fun to have them back. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> Moving on to location. So, Jakku is another desert planet. Uh, Dakar and Takadana are both forests, yeah, yeah. which we've seen before. Maz's uh, castle is another cantina. Uh, Starkiller has snow, which we've seen before, and is another space station. So, there is some definitely some... Uh, yeah. uh, it feels like, to me, original trilogy, yeah. the planets were environments from Earth. Yeah. Then, uh, George has more money for the prequels. Still some of oh, that, yeah. but he can go like, hey, look uh felucia it's weird plants yeah yeah it's 70s wallpaper but a planet like uh it it gets a little bit more exotic and you know gets Mm. around to like some of the environments he didn't do like camino is an ocean planet right and i think because force awakens wanted to be more grounded right Yeah, didn't want to create a cgi exotic yep exotic planets so they went with some more real world environments, basic elements. Yeah. yeah. And how do you feel about that choice? Do you feel like that meant that uh, Descartes does look a little like uh, the Moon of Yavin? And uh, I, 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 I guess it's a
4: tradition I, I like, yeah. and it's always a fun. You know, we got uh, this new ocean moon coming up, and it's like, oh, now we got an ocean planet like Kamino. And 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 it can be used against Star Wars sometimes. Was was the whole planet snow? Yeah, and so what? (laughs) Like I I was I was obsessed with it as a kid. I was obsessed with snow troopers. Yeah, and forest troopers, scout troopers. Like it that is. And if you're crafting an episode seven, and you're a production designer, and you're you're you know you're one of the design team and the development, you know. What inspires you about Star Wars? Well, the, the the landscapes, the trackless voids, as Harrison says in the Empire trailer. <laughs> so, yeah. And then but then under the mandate of, hey, look, we also don't want, like you just said, a, a blue screen show type of situation. So even if they did, I, I guess well, you could make uh, those plants for real like it's Wonka. Um, <laughs> so I like that choice to keep it with something we knew. And and, and I like it even now. Like, I am going into Nine at the time of this recording. We don't 100% know if Endor's in the film. There's some things that make me think that it is and that we got an ocean moon and a forest moon. Or is it a jungle? Is it a jungle? Mm-hmm. Right. We've heard this. I want it to be indoor, but then when something new pops up, it's like, cool, the galaxy just got bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll take the criticism on board. Uh, it's, you know, it is on the nose that Ray's Planet is a desert planet. Yep. It's You can do desolate with open prairie. Yeah. You yeah. can certainly do desolate with snow. I think it's, it is a strong choice to go like, no, we really, we want this to have that that energy and that similarity. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I think there is a choice to make, especially the inside base of Dakar have like vines and that. So it does really uh, remind you of Yavin. Um, The Starkiller is maybe my favorite location because we haven't seen that combination of snow and forest. And especially Rey and Kylo's fight, it so evokes, like, did the brothers Grimm work Mm. on this? Like, it is so Little Red Riding Hood, lost in the deep, dark forest, and there are wolves in there. It's so uh, Mm -hmm. old fantasy in in a way that I I don't feel like Star Wars has evoked before. So that was the one that, for me, even though the elements of forest and snow are are a repetition, they combine to be something new for me. Alright, so design elements, creatures, ships Okay, so they're new, but they're stormtroopers Uh, We got TIE Fighters They have some red on them Uh, We got X-Wings, they're (laughs) newer models Uh, We got uh, redesigned Star Destroyers We got the Millennium Falcon, which is classic Uh, And we got, shout out to the holochess And the remote Uh, We got uh, repeat aliens But I think only when they were Already known characters like Nine Numb And Admiral Ackbar Right, you're right uh so that's a rundown of what is saying. Mm. How do you feel about the sameness here? I I had no problem but there's definitely some questions
4: of like oh it's uh, when it first started popping up it's like okay it's it's we're just bringing back the same things and my first question was all right but why? Why why do we still have tie fighters? What wouldn't is this new enemy team uh, going to have some new kind of equipment? And yeah the answer is yeah eventually but then we get the the reasons why they're the neo-Nazis looking to do it again and, yeah. and we're going to do it right. So I, I bought into all that. And again, living through the prequel era of of George creates this entire new world. It's a different time. And
1: well, that's not the Star Wars. We love. Like, <laughs>
4: so I, I got what they were doing and I, yeah. I do like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, for, for my two cents, you know, I, I love the Falcon returning and I love how oh, it's yeah. introduced. It's, so it's amazing uh, in terms of the old creature design. I would have taken a few more old aliens. I think this yeah, is yeah. The, the criticism that I agree with the most of the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind. They're great. They're amazing ships and they're classic. But I think if you want to do inject this, I guess this is the choice that feels the most safe to me. The most yeah. that's just like, totally. don't worry, not only is a falcon back, but it's TIE fighters and X-wings. Mm-hmm. i had been happy to be like, well, yeah, the New Republic has has developed an entirely new fighter and that's what everybody uses. Yeah. You know? D-wings. Yeah. D- yeah, d- we, Beyond the alphabet. Yeah, wing. Yeah. yeah. Or an Orebesh wing of yeah. some kind. <laughs> um, in the TIE fighters, I in the Star Destroyers, I do like that they are the re-emerging
5: mm-hmm.
1: empire. And part of it is yeah, the galaxy was terrorized by these ships, and they know their outline and they know their sound, and they're terrified of them, and that's part of the reason that we yeah. want to do this because we are, we are the empire bigger and better. So I understand that in story more. Yeah, but I understand the criticism of oh sure, you know, especially when you hear George Lucas saying like it's the same, like yeah, yeah, George Lucas would have made some new crazy. First order ships oh, and, yeah, and yeah. new crazy Republic Resistance ships and and I can see that yeah
4: oh, yeah it's fine it's
1: it, 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 the movie is big enough to take that hit yeah you know it,
4: it's like yeah yeah all right yeah, even tossed me a Y wing back then they didn't even do that it was X wings Tie fighters um, yeah I, I'm okay with that I, it didn't it did knock it didn't knock me for a loop too much though
1: yeah yeah uh, all right so the music we've got the uh, the main theme pops up in its own little ways we have the Force theme integrated. Um, I did a deep dive and learned that some of the same sound cues that are used when uh, Luke discovers mm-hmm. Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew at the burning homestead are used when Ray takes the saber, right. which is fascinating. And then, of course, the much discussed uh, 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 similarity between <laughs> yeah. the theme music that is played for Snoke is uh, exactly the same or very, very similar to yeah. uh, two cues <laughs> during uh, Palpatine telling the story of Darth Plagueis. Fact. Evidence. Evidence! <laughs> Plagueis is Snoke, and Snoke is Plagueis, John Williams said in the score. <laughs> uh How do you feel about the, about classic themes in this new Star Wars? Uh, you need
4: them, you need them. I get, I I, you know, Rogue One, I've come to love a lot, but I felt the absence of some of the things i love I and again they, it pays as homages to it and then it takes a different direction to all that stuff solo i love it solo is a great example of a lot of new wonderful things things i hadn't heard john powell brings a lot of good stuff but then just really like yep this is star wars uh it's a fine line it's a fine line i yeah. don't want just john williams catalog just re you know reused i don't want that um but i i need to fill that kind of similarity you know i need that connection yeah you know, and all these kind of do a great job. The main theme, I mean, I just can't imagine. It's tough. It's tough. Rogue One and Solo, as much as I love those, you know, I, I, I miss not having the big. It's not even about the crawl.
1: It's about the song. Yeah,
4: like, boom, like ah, like this is flowers, what this is. It's you know?
1: adventure. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like in terms of this being the sequel trilogy, uh, Force Awakens being a an awakening in so many different ways uh in the sequel trilogy wanting to be about dealing with the past how could you not use some of these uh classic themes and i hadn't really thought about it before but the burning homestead Mm -hmm. in some way is when luke answers the call yeah he thinks he's gonna just go go home then they come across you know the the jawas and all that he done and then (laughs) that's the moment where he's like there's nothing left for me here yeah and that's when Ray gets the saber in Force Awakens, that's when she is answering the call. Yeah. It's a little bit interesting that it's there's some bittersweet music to go with her answering the call. Right. is really interesting. Um, hmm. And the Plague is Snoke theme, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. If there's meaning yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, getting close to wrapping up our review of the old. So let's talk about Force powers. We have a straightforward Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a trick in 007 to leave the blaster. Uh, we have calling a lightsaber to a hand, we have uh, piloting skills, mm-hmm. so, I think a sometimes overlooked moment right. uh, in Force Awakens where Ray says, I've, I've flown before, it's but fun. I've never done that. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to Snoke saying there's been an awakening, so she's right. clearly accessing the Force as so she's flying the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Leia's uh, ability to sense things Got from it, a distance yeah. and that connection, that, that's similar. So, we do see some classic Force powers, Yeah. Uh, but do any of them made, make you feel like Oh boy, this again!
4: No, I, the Jedi mind trick. I laughed so hard, and then when I learned it was Daniel Craig and I had that sense, like I, 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 I was like, he walks like Daniel. Craig. Oh, it is and the blast. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was so great. Uh, I uh, even then, you know, you, I guess you can call me a shill now, but no one was calling me that then, and I just was like, this is a fun moment. Like, what a great meta use of the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. And I still do, uh, and I want the lightsaber to hand. What a powerful moment! A moment built for Ray that I myself in that scene was like, "Oh, is Luke here? No, it was not. It's not his time. It was her time, and that was powerful. So using the old tricks in a new in a new way was was great. And Leia's senses, which I think plays a plays really well in Last Jedi, uh, at least uh, you know the execution of it, um, I thought was I came around on 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 the on the how it looked, but uh, just her use of it is great, and it mm-hmm. kind of starts here. Yeah. And I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like you do need a balance of the old and the new. And the Jedi mind trick thing for me really works because she's just had her mind invaded and fought back. So this is not... Uh, totally out of the box Uh, it's a thing she just kind of experienced and she's talked a lot about hearing various stories yeah and i'm sure some weird old spacer is talking about it today it's when that time a jedi told me to (laughs) go take a walk and i did and i did yeah absolutely (laughs) she's like can i do that yeah uh all right so wrapping up our review of the old uh the ending Hmm. The heroes do blow up a big space station. Uh, Ray has uh, started her hero's journey, and Kylo is wounded but escapes to hmm. fight another day, all similar to A New Hope. Very much so, yeah. So the, do those similarities stick with you? Are as good, as bad?
4: I, I it, it all works for me because of the final uh, sequence with, with, with Luke. It, it all works for me. Yeah. But the story was still about Luke, right? Not necessarily about Luke, but the search for Luke. Yeah. And so this all wrapped up and I felt, I remember thinking in the theater, Oh, great. And then it fades out and I was like, Oh wait, Luke, we're still going to find Luke. I of Like totally forgot, <laughs> so, which meant to me that this stuff as similar as it is worked for me as, as chapter one of a story that I knew was going to get yeah. told.
1: Yeah. For me, I think this, those similarities worked as well because it feels like a connection to the whole thing because mm-hmm. the the ending of um, Phantom Menace is visually even more tied with a new hope. Oh, it's like let's yeah. let's do the shot for shot celebration and have the literal final shot be uh, yeah. e- evoking the final shot of totally. uh, a new hope. In this one, you know, a new hope was structured as. I uh, really hope we get to do another one of these, but we, yeah. it, it'll kind of work know. by itself, right? Yep. They blew up the big thing. It's Vader yay. left, but uh, <laughs> uh, they'll hunt him down in a book, and that'll be it. Uh, yeah. Yay. Uh, yeah. So it, it feels a little closed off. Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace mm-hmm. is like, it was about Phantom. It's like, okay, Anakin's going to be trained. Is there danger? Oh, we know right. that Palpatine is a problem. What is going to happen next? Force Awakens feels more new because it's like, uh, no, we know the First Order isn't defeated. We know right. Kylo Ren isn't defeated. We know Snoke isn't even touched. He's—they're yeah, going to pay for this go for immediately. It. Yeah. And Ray is right there with that question. This is mm-hmm. not over. This not—you can't even pretend this is over. Yeah, you can't even imagine this is over it's are you going to take the saber and, it, and and the stuff that is new to me yeah overpowers the stuff that is old
4: 100 percent because it was like oh now the it's almost as like if the story's is really going to begin
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> which might be a different criticism yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of the force awakens and also phantom menace for that matter yes. we could have that discussion another day so now that we walked through it and again Mm. there's probably a bunch of details that uh, one could would focus on for new Mm. and old i think we uh, covered a lot in an extremely long episode of this podcast but now that we looked at what we have looked at ken Mm. do you feel differently about what the balance of old and new is in the force awakens and in what it should be
4: i I don't feel different i feel more even more uh confirmed (laughs) my feelings are confirmed that if you take the time and 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 look get what's going on beyond with this because it's Star Wars I don't do this for every movie I don't do this for Transformers I don't do because Star Wars and what it means to us and what the creators did to it I I say say the creators of this new era have done such a great job of attaching little strings from their stories to the heart of Star Wars, which is George Lucas, specifically New Hope. It all comes from that. And this one had some... The wrapping paper looked a lot similar because it needed to be for us to keep going, to bring us back. And prequels aside, you know, so I'm more, more excited by watching that movie and seeing what they presented as new. And I... I don't like the uh, it's just an old rehash argument at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I I can understand people having different levels of opinion. I'm never a fan of the lazy writing mm-hmm. uh, because even uh, if you end up not liking the choices, there, there was hard work and deep thought yeah. put into this script. Mm-hmm. And I think for me where I end up is ah, I get and agree with up to a certain mm-hmm. point some like, eh, some d- did we need the remote and hollow chest? Did they have to be X-Wings and TIE Fighters? But the things that I can say, like, eh, I'm not sure about that, are cosmetic. Yes. They're surface level. Big time. And I feel like the things that are old are powerful. They relate to the history of nostalgia in Star Wars. Mm. And then the thing that really adds, drives it home to me, is, like, there is a lot new. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, old is a part of the point. The shadow of the past is a huge part of the story (laughs) can you get out of the shadow of the past in, in the, the work that this movie does to set up the sequel trilogy, to be about that is so deep Mm. and so uh, uh, built into the absolute DNA of what this movie is that I just really celebrate that idea.
4: Absolutely. I, I, Uh, it's almost as if they looked at the world, Star Wars world themselves and said, can we move past all that when it came before? How do we show that story? And like you said earlier on, the fact that JJ was like, that is the
1: story. That is the story. Can we move past? Can we move past? And we are going to move past. Yes. On to some audience questions, right? Yes, we are. We're going to Twitter first. Pat Guy
4: at this Pat guy Seen very little of this pasty space Nazi in the promotional material for the rise of Skywalker. I think there's a picture of Hux that uh, yes. should be here. So what are we <laughs> thinking? Some coup attempt against Wren goes horribly wrong early in the movie. I've seen some of this. There's a lot of things we haven't seen yet in the marketing. Mm-hmm. General Allegiant, Pride, Hux, Knights of Wren, a lot of things, but particularly... Uh, General Hux, uh, what do you think here, Joseph? What'd yeah, you I
1: got a, I got a couple thoughts. Uh, you know, we might not be seeing a lot of Hux for a couple reasons, like he, uh, his uh, his action figure remained on the shelf for a while. Like mm-hmm. uh, I I'm a big Hux fan. I, yeah. I don't know that the general population is a uh, huge fans of Hux, right. uh, but there's a part of me is like, is are the scenes that he is involved in too plot revealing? Yes, that it's hard to even just get a shot of him looking menacing or angry or afraid yeah. without revealing something. Yes. And I'm really, i I really think there's stuff going on with factions. And I think mm-hmm. that might be it of like, we can't really show him next to, uh, mm. the lower half of Snoke that he has now in a in a, <laughs> in a frozen chamber. We can't show him next to Mecha Palpatine. We yeah. can't show him yes. ordering his troops to fire on Kylo. Some of the troops have been pointed out in action figures. Some of the troops, mm. it's not divided just on the Sith, have a, a new insignia on their yes. chest, those two kind of downward angles. Yes. To, like little vampire teeth on their armor. Like, what's the deal with that? So I'm kind of hoping that it is something that, like, yeah. Yeah, he might not be in the movie much. Yeah, he might uh, meet his maker, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to get too close to that plot point. I agree that it could just be as
4: simple as, yeah, he isn't there. Um, Mark Research shows he's not going to put butts in the seats, whatever you (laughs) want to say. All that could very well be true, but I I, I do like this idea that uh, most of the movie is a spoiler. And perhaps... Perhaps uh, not everyone's fighting on the sides we they thought they'd be fighting, or perhaps uh, like you said, a three way dance is happening, and everyone's fighting over something. Four way, we can't show Hux in his new uh, Resistance uh, trooper outfit from when he switches sides. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) I'm just wildly guessing there, man, because it could be anything. But it's I would here's the thing: I would be worried in a sense. Uh, if if it was in fact that we also haven't seen the Knights of Ren we yeah. haven't seen General uh, Legion you know, Pied or out, Legion General Pine yeah outside of uh, uh, yeah Legion outside of maybe one shot of R two we haven't seen you know it's like yeah. I, we, yeah, there's still a lot we haven't seen. Yeah, uh, but great question, Pat. A lot of people have it. Michael Gibbon says, "Hey, Force Center Pod, just realized we may never hear classic Star Wars themes in the cinema again after the Skywalker saga concludes. Would you like the new Star Wars films to incorporate John Williams' scores or completely pave a new way forward with their own soundtracks? #Hashtag raise theme rocks. <laughs> well, kind of. We we're talking about it. This is a." real viable question. Yeah. Really, real gets you taken. Uh, luckily, we already have a little bit of exposure with Rogue One and Solo and now Mandalorian. Um, uh, Gorenson's uh, stuff
1: so far that's coming out it sounds spectacular. Stuff in the trailer, the Mando trailer. Yeah. Great. But? Yeah, I think that, and this goes to big those big 2022 questions. Yeah. Of how much do you hold on to the old and how much do you look into the new? And I think stylistically... Keeping that, yeah. that you know, orchestral sweeping mythic sound and feel. Yeah, mm. I, I think that should happen. But going forward for movies, twenty twenty two, this is so hard and so painful. But I think no, Williams. Yeah. I don't. I I think that you you gotta have that balance of new and old. Yeah. And I think because we have such emotional ties, like. You, it'll be hard walking into the theater in 2022 and having a new main star Wars theme. But yeah. I think that it might be time to turn the page on that for me,
4: which is why uh, even if Benioff and Weiss are long gone, uh, Ramin Djawadi, Game of Thrones and many other things he's done. I'd still love to see him tackle it. Oh he, God. He, yeah. He does the same thing where it's, it's just, yeah. Some notes of music tell you everything you need to know about the scene and character. Yeah. I think, I think he could do it well. Uh, tough question that we'll be facing it Michael Uh, Patreon Alex Lloyd writes so in responsible anticipation of what may occur episode 9 what are your favorite Palpatine manipulations chess moves in the other films I think one that doesn't get enough commentary is Palpatine suggesting in Attack the Clones that Padme be placed under the protection of quote an old friend like Master Kenobi presumably knowing Anakin had been thinking of her every day since we parted and this could potentially spark an eternal conflict he could later use to turn him without Padme's love Anakin would have no motive for his turn, and Palpy's plans may have well not worked. What are your favorites? Great one, Alex.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. So many good ones. I also like that there is an element in Attack of the Clones of jealousy, and it almost seems mm-hmm. like uh, of, like, well, not like Kenobi's like, yes, I'm gonna run off with uh, Padme, yeah. but there's a little bit of tension there, and it seems like Palpatine is playing off that, too. Yeah. But like, it's not an old friend Anakin. It's an old friend Kenobi, Kenobi. so it's in a way to belittle Anakin yes. too, of, like, and, and get, yeah. get all that conflict going uh for other favorite palpatine manipulations the jar jar vote because yeah, yeah. palpatine's clearly putting that in motion but he gets uh, masamita to do some of the heavy work too mm-hmm. <laughs> if only if someone would yeah. yeah um i think one of the the big things is it's got expanded a little bit in uh comic books in books um and we see it in attack the clones but just that Palpatine kind of demanded to have a friendship with Anakin. And yeah. that line of We'll Watch Your Career with Great Interest in Phantom Menace didn't turn mm-hmm. out to be a joke. It turned out to him being like, Hey, yeah. the Jedi are always around telling you to take things more seriously, telling yeah. you to not worry about the past. And I'm just, I'm here, your buddy, just going like, You're the most amazing Jedi I've ever seen. Right. They're not letting you use your full power. That seems foolish. That's, yeah, like you should really just let yourself go and be the best you, you like it's subtle but the jedi are supposed to be selfless yeah and palpatine's just whispering in his ear encouraging him to be selfish yeah and make it all about him and his power and how the jedi are holding him back from using his power yeah that, that's a good one.
4: that's no no that's because it ties a lot to the the revenge of the Sith just it all kind of you not know, from a Jedi, but I gotta tell you, I was thinking about this question. I'm gonna go to one that I, we all grew up with and I think it's just a so simple one. when he kind of reveals to Luke on the on the in the throne room that, oh yeah, yeah oh you are oh, you talking about your friends coming to destroy us? Yeah, you, you think I didn't know that. There's a moment where Luke's like, oh damn it. Yeah. Can we didn't see that? Like, I think that is simple, direct. It didn't necessarily work out for him. Nope. But it is one of the
1: great moments to me. It's pretty good when you realize that like you know, the windows in that throne room are not three sixty, right? Yeah. So he's like, make sure the Death Star is angled. Yes. <laughs> at this, because right I'm basically anyway. framing the yeah. death of this guy's friend so he yep. can see. It's like it all
4: just the whole, you know, faith in your friends and yours moment, but just like the, and pretty soon you'll be dead. Oh, are you referring to the imminent attack? Yeah. That I allowed? Oh, young Skywalker. <laughs> I just love that moment. That's, yeah. That's it, is, it is a pretty great one. Just yeah. let's watch your friends die. <laughs> let's do it yep. here. Great stuff, Alex. Uh, you could uh, We could talk a lot about Palpatine and his moves because there's so many. Uh, Brandon Harbecki. We met Brandon. He's a great cat. Uh, what do you think happened to Wes Jansen in the new <laughs> canon after the Empire Strikes Back? I, I was going to look. I forgot uh, in traveling over here today if, they, if, if we have an answer yet. Um, uh, I looked this up on yeah. old
1: Wikipedia. No, there's nothing, nothing in, in modern canon. I'm sure there are okay. volumes in uh, right. legends, but nothing in new canon. He escapes in an X Wing okay. and guards uh, one of the escaping shuttles.
4: Okay. So what do you want what happened with Wes Jansen?
1: I think that Wes Jansen. So successfully went undercover to infiltrate the empire that he is in fact still in the first order today. And that he is undercover in the first order, oh, man. and that uh, you know we, we think Gray and Kylo are going to win the fight, but he's just going to pop out and he's going to blast uh, Palpatine uh, in his yeah. in his little heart. He's changed his name to Allegiant General Pride. <laughs> exactly, that's Good yeah. Shot Pride. Yeah. I think he uh, on that line.
4: I think he retired to his uh, home world and he opened up a bar called Good Shot Jansen's, <laughs> and and uh, he's just a uh, bar and grill watching yeah. some uh, space sports. Shots, yeah. shots, 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 for everybody. Shots, shots, space shots. Wedge drinks free. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Brandon, Alex, Michael, Pat. Great questions on a super size edition today. If you have thoughts on today's episode, all the news, or the new, the old, or just have questions for future episodes, we still get this question sent to us of online. Hey, where can I submit a question? Go to Twitter, follow us at Four Center Pod, use the hashtag Four Center. Like our Facebook page. We have a website, fourcenterpod.potomatic.net, podcast available on several spots, including Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, I will say Anchors are home. We're still working with, I'm now into my second IT person on uh, some of the older episodes stopping. I've just been going through and trying to reload some of the bigger ones, so uh, if you're new and trying to go back and rediscover some of the things we said in the past, don't worry, we're working on that there. We're on YouTube as well. And on Patreon, patreon.com slash force center and you want merch? Joseph has that answer.
1: Oh yeah, we have a bunch of t-shirts, mugs, totes, Uh, All different designs. This week we're recommending our I Heart Murder Bears merch. If you want to check that out, it's a picture of an Ewok and it's got a heart and it's got the word murder. What else could you want? (laughs) You can check it out at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Absolutely.
4: And uh, we got our own stuff we're working on here. Star Wars isn't the only thing we talk about. But, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing to do. (laughs) Number one, uh, you can follow me at cadnapsuck and Cadnapsack.com. We're coming up. I'm leaving soon. I got my flight, got my tickets booked uh, to get on out to Washington, D.C. for some comedy where... I will be watching, I guess, episode two Mandalorian on a plane.
1: All right. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, oof, oof. We got yeah. we got some we got some Mando scheduling to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That has uh, links to albums. If you want to listen to that, uh, get that old one, uh, Rebel Scum from uh, 2015 and see what I used to think about <laughs> Kylo Ren's lightsaber. You can check that out. I uh, got shows coming up here in Los Angeles. Game Night Variety Show every month have a big show on New Year's Eve in Los Angeles. All that info on my website at josephsgrimshot.com. Hmm. Ken, yeah. is there one more piece of news that we forgot to talk <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, we did. We forgot to
4: talk about Anthony Bresnigan tweeting out <laughs> all the stuff about The Mandalorian. Ming-Na Wen's character, which we can't confirm, has no mask. It's not a VO character, which means I'm convinced they shot it about a month ago. Uh, all that will be revealed one day, I swear. Um, but uh, her character, uh, Phrenic... Shand, Shand, Shand? right? Which, Fennec. Fennec Shand, which, by the way, is the same last name of one of the kanji Club members. Oh, damn, it yeah. sure is.
1: Crookened Shand.
4: Crooken Shand. And also, uh, we got a little TV spot. I was calling it a TV spot, and that's Joseph Wissat. Nick Nolte finally speaking as an uh, No,
1: Many people wanted the, the yeah. Ugnot to be Nolte. Uh, his name is K-U-I-L-L, which I think is just... Cool. <laughs> cool. But man, Nolty Ugnot. Absolutely. Nolte Ugnot. the Ugnot. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. When he speaks his yes. face does look like Nick Nolte. Oh, yeah, it's they did it's some, gonna be. I mean, that's yeah. something like they like took an Ugnat from Empire Stripes, Strikes back and then deepfaked uh, deep faked Nick Nolte's <laughs> face on it. It's beautiful. Uh and yeah, and he, we've talked about it at the very top of this yeah. uh, epic episode where he's talking about a ne- I've heard of Mandalorian's but I've never seen yes. one, right? Yes. Got the great shot in the earlier trailer too of him putting his hand mm-hmm. on the mando's shoulder so i don't know it's it's looking like a, a however we say his name is going to yeah. be an mvp for me yeah, I, uh, yeah love the weirdos love taking a, a background character from empire uh, that i had an action yeah. figure of that i played with <laughs> took that apron on and off a thousand times it's, and now it's nick nolte come a, on
4: and and the great shot it is intentional to the old old uh, Star Wars New Hope promotional shot yeah. of a Stormtrooper on a dewback. We got the Mandalorian on a dewback shot pretty much the same way. It is it is it is said to yeah. be very intentional. So once again, proving what we've known from the beginning, John Favreau just dumped his action figures on the floor <laughs> and said, I want to play with them. <laughs> Including a biker scout. Biker scouts, I this, love that. In this shot, And right? uh, her character, ming Wen, uh, says, uh, your name will be legendary, which means the Mandalorian does, in fact, have a name. Ooh. Bob Mando. Bob Mando,
1: related to the Knights of Ren.
4: Yeah, on another episode, we would have spent 40 minutes on that stuff, but we're not <laughs> going to do that today, perhaps next week, as we are oh so close to the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, yeah. Super, super excited uh, on that Ming-Na Wen is mm-hmm. getting FaceTime that yeah. that's not a, uh, a CGI character or a masked character that looks like a ton of, there's a great interview, looks like a ton of work yeah. went into her the design of her character, mm-hmm. the exciting that she's getting to play somebody who's a little bit more of a villain, maybe. But in that smuggler, scoundrel, uh, assassin world, used to work for crime syndicates. Sharpshooter. You know, yeah. All sorts of exciting things for that character. And I'm I'm just so thrilled because they announced her so late. They also acknowledge that she's in multiple episodes. Yeah. So it's not just a cameo. Mm -hmm. So to have somebody of her caliber of awesomeness fully on
4: display. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Absolutely, and I think she'll factor greatly into Season 2, which uh, we are now into Season 9 of Four Center on this <laughs> mid-show episode. No, we joke, just when I joke, uh, we know, though, uh, the longest episodes, um, a lot of you on for that ride, and we appreciate it. So that is it for this week for all the news, all the new and the old. We'll see you next time on Four Center.